It's a very good question. I think it's you know something that's probably you know as you look back on it, part of the process of getting a young guy in there. You know, kind of working him into the game plan as part of the process as we go. You know, I don't think we felt probably as an offensive coaching staff we we're going to throw the whole game plan on him. And then those are kind of the plays that got called from the groupings that got called in the second half. Looking back on it, would we have wanted him out there more? Yeah, and I think that'll factor into this this game plan. The way it got called, those plays weren't the ones that he was kind of scheduled for, you know. So, uh, and you look at I look I let Mark, you know. I mean, he got two passes in the game. Is that what we want? Absolutely not. You know, you want to, the ball goes where it goes sometimes, but we want the ball to go to Mark. So, I think that's also part of the kind of the dynamic as the season goes along, trying to work through those things. So that was John Harbaugh yesterday at his weekly press conference. I guess it wasn't his weekly press conference because, again, it's a short week, so this was more like his Wednesday media gaggle discussing at greater length Keaton Mitchell's lack of touches on Sunday, despite the fact that the first two were unbelievable. And... It was why it was funny because on during the Project Game Day show on Sunday. By the way, hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. During the Project Game Day show on Sunday, I saw that response that he gave, the just how the game went, and I said, "Oh, that one's that's gonna get ate the f up." And I knew, and I said, "Then I'm like, look, this is where," and I don't, I no longer know all the ends of the operation. I. Kevin Byrne used to be pretty good at like trying to go to John and say, hey, man, here's the things. And and John may listen to him. John may not listen to him. I assume that Chad Steele does that with him now. I assume. But I also know that after games was the most difficult time, particularly after losses, right? Like no one is in a good mood when the team loses. No one. I I can tell you from all of the time that I've been in that building in my life, the mood of the building directly correlates with what the result of the previous football game was, which for many of us in this community is the exact same feeling. But it's there's no way to explain it. Everybody's in a good mood when they win. Everybody's in a bad mood when they lose. And in direct aftermath of a loss, everybody's in a really bad mood. It's a nice part about being a team that wins. I, I, I don't know you know, over the last 20 years, what the mood was like in Jacksonville every week. Maybe they just sort of got numb to it. And, like, besides the coaches, maybe the people in the that worked in the laundry department in Jacksonville, like, could be in a good mood even if the team lost because they were just kind of used to it. I don't know. But John Harbaugh doesn't want to be coached up on what are good PR responses to questions after his team just lost. He didn't really say nothing that he says changes the fact that we all think Keaton Mitchell probably should have seen the ball more. I do think that John Harbaugh's point, and I tried bringing this up with somebody who was on the show yesterday. I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, we had a few guests on the program yesterday. I brought Kadri it up. It might have been Kadri. I, 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 the question of is it fair to say like this is the part that we we are I, I think we get detached from reality about. But John Harbaugh said. I think is real. Keaton Mitchell has next to no NFL experience. As exciting as he is, Keaton Mitchell, I don't know with certainty that if Keaton Mitchell was quizzed on the play, remember the scene in uh, the uh, first season of Friday Night Lights where um, 
the dude behind the counter, uh, the, 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 the new quarterback after the kid got hurt, the new quarterback is being quizzed by uh, a Fat Damon about um, like what all the plays are. That, I don't know if they gave Keaton Mitchell that quiz that he'd be able to, to ace it. He's barely been around. He's barely been involved. So, John Harbaugh's point is taken. As much as we're excited about Keaton Mitchell throwing everything at him and saying, you're going to be the guy, I I can understand why they said coming in, well, we might, that might be limited. Now, do you rip that up and say, dude, the guy's too explosive, you just have to get the ball in his hands somehow, some way? This goes back to the eternal... You know, if somebody's really good at catching but terrible at blocking, you know, this was J.K. Dobbins' problem early on, right? Like, we were all excited about J.K. Dobbins' potential as a running back. But remember, the playoff game in Buffalo turned because J.K. Dobbins whiffed on a block. Utterly, completely whiffed. It's the part of the story that nobody ever talks about. That's a touchdown right before the interception that changed the game if J.K. Dobbins doesn't whiff on that block. And while I never got the sense, there have been players during their time in Baltimore that I have been told, yeah, that guy can't be on the field because he's going to get somebody killed. Running backs in particular. That we liked their talent, we liked their skill set, but the coaching staff said, we can't have that guy on the field. And they couldn't say it out loud, but I would get wind. Why isn't this guy... Boy, he looks like he's got something to, to offer. Why isn't he seeing any playing time? Because he's going to get somebody killed. Because he doesn't block. Now, I'm, I want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not saying that's Keaton Mitchell's story. Nobody knows. But the notion of just... The, the guy looks like he's talented. Put him out there for every play. I understand the pushback from John Harbaugh. Still... It seemed strikingly small. Jonah Schaefer's point that he was only on the field for four snaps at all seems like a miss. And if John Harbaugh's telling the truth and they plan to expand that role moving forward, that smells like a good thing to me. Certainly smells like a good thing for Keaton Mitchell fantasy owners who still got, despite the fact that he barely touched the ball, something like 15 points out of him on uh, Sunday. Might have been helpful for you. I don't really have anything else to say about Sunday's game. I've kind of moved on from it. We'll talk about it in a minute. Chuck Pagano is going to join us this morning. We will get his thoughts on what he saw from the Ravens. It's a nice thing about being a Thursday week is like we can kind of start shifting focus like ASAP. So we'll look to do that at some point in the next day or two. But um, we will chat with uh, Chuck Pagano about what he saw on Sunday and what the Ravens need to fix. Also this morning, we do our regularly regularly scheduled Tuesday events. Patrick Stevens will join us, but that'll be pleasant, too. <laughs> Lots of pleasant stuff to talk about. Ravens lost. Maryland stinks. We'll talk to him about a disastrous weekend down in Towson, Asheville. Towson got a win. So. They did. They beat Robert Morris. That is true. Didn't cover. So ah, well, then forget it. Uh, they, they, Doesn't really count. They're done. They're done. They get, Boy, they get Houston this week. Yuck. Yeah. That is a rough, rough. You never know. That's a tough. That's a tough field that they're never playing down there. Um, 
Also, this morning we will preview waiver wire Wednesday. I don't even know if there's anybody to pick up on the waiver wire Wednesday. Alexander Madison got hurt, so Ty Chandler might be. Okay, I guess. Uh, you know. I guess. Hail Mary. I guess we should talk more about Noah Brown, who like last week we were kind of dragging our feet on. I are we no longer dragging our feet? I don't know when. Um, what's his face? Nico Collins comes right. back, so that probably has something to do with it. Not great options, but we will discuss the options that do exist with uh, our buddy Joe Serpico from PressBox and uh, County Sports Zone Radio. The MIAA finals are set. Griffin's guys at uh, Concordia Prep. They're in the B title. My guys. That's uh, that's his team. They call them the Fighting Griffins. That's what they call them, actually. That's the name of the team, the Concordia Prep Fighting Griffins. That would be a good name. That the would be a good The uh, Flying Bass is what <laughs> they call them. Uh, we, will, uh, we will chat with our buddy Wes Brown about the MIA finals, the next round of the MPSSA playoffs, and... Everything else going on in the world of high school sports this week. So that's all on tap this morning. The news last night, of course, was Gunnar Henderson officially named Rookie of the Year. I don't know if uh, any of you guys had tickets on Gunnar Henderson to win Rookie of the Year. Did you? I did, yes. When did you get in? I, I got in at the end of July. So it was and like what was the number right at that after, point? It was plus 115. Oh, okay. Well, that's not. I, I mean, that, come that's on. Not, plus odds. I, I hear you, but there were I'll people take that, that. People that had him at much more significant odds than that. I'm uh, still happy about it. I'm not saying. Money's money. I'm <laughs> with you on that. Uh, if you want to maybe start thinking about other. I told you last night that I thought seven was too rich for my blood when it came to Buffalo and. I didn't expect them to lose outright, but that would be one that I, I hope you played it after I tossed that out there yesterday. Yeah. If uh, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, I also didn't play the under either. So. Ooh, what, did the under hit? Uh, yes, the under did hit. It was forty-seven and a half, and then it was prime forty-six. Time. Look at you, yeah. with your prime time unders. So. You gonna do it for Ravens Bengals on Thursday? I don't know. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> test of prime time. What about Kansas City Philadelphia next Monday? You Can't doing it for do that, that one? one? I don't think I can do that one. I feel like part of the reason prime time unders have hit is because prime time games have stunk. They've been the pits. Awful. Well, there's something wrong with the Bills. Um, if you're thinking about the next bet that you want to get in, the place to do it is Superbook. Download the Superbook app or go to Superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to a $250 same-day first bet match, win or lose. Right now, with Superbook, use that code at GlennClark23. So yes, congratulations to Gunnar Henderson on being Rookie of the Year. I, like, I, it's anticlimactic. I don't. We all knew it was happening. I don't really have a ton more to say about it, frankly. Gunnar Henderson was phenomenal. He was as advertised, if not more. Had a little bit of a dip there at the end. Obviously, got off to the slow start. Had a little bit of a dip there at the end. You hope that next season, having gone through the entirety of a major league season this year. Um, He'll be able to perform at that level for all 162 games. And if he does, then you're really cooking with gas and you're talking about someone who is going to be a genuine top-of-the-game type of superstar for the years to come. The fact that the Orioles found Gunnar Henderson after the, all of the regular picks in the first round, like it really, we don't talk about it in baseball quite as much, but it's wild to me. When we talk when we talk about Mike Elias, some of the things we say are like, well, it's easy to find Adley Rutschman. You had the number one pick in the draft. Everyone knew he was the best player. Gunnar Henderson is the one that, like, if you're Mike Elias, you hold up as proof of we know what we're doing. Because Gunnar Henderson wasn't the best player in the draft. He wasn't one of the top ten players in the draft. Or fifteen. Or 20 or 30. So 
if you want to feel confidence in the Orioles' ability to find something, Gunnar Henderson would probably be about the top of the list of guys that prove that there's a there there, that they know what they're doing beyond just taking the best player in the draft when they're available. So, bully for Gunnar Henderson. The Orioles get another they get another pick that's essentially right about where they found Gunnar Henderson, yeah. right? Like what's I don't know if we know the number of the pick um, that they get it's out of. Somewhere it. between 25 and 40, well cuz they're going to pick 24th or 5th um and then yeah, it's going to be somewhere between I guess third, th- they'll have two more picks between like 30 and 40. I, I saw I, it going around. I know. I wasn't I sure if those it, were the I exact. I saw it floating was, around. Did Jacob Calvin Meyer have it? Might, uh, might have been who had it. Yes, the yeah. Orioles have the number 24 pick. That's their actual pick. Then they get the number 32 pick, which is the Gunnar Henderson pick, and then they get a competitive balance round A pick at number 33. Wow. So they okay. will have three picks in the top 33 of the MLB draft, which none of them are going to be obviously at the top of the draft, but with this group of guys being elevated to the major leagues and sort of depleting the farm system a bit, it would be helpful for continuing this thing and trying to get more talent into the pipeline. And yes, the uh, ironic part being that Gunnar Henderson was the 42nd pick of the 2019. So they have three picks that are all better than the pick where they got Gunnar Henderson. So that seems cool. <laughs> like that's cool. Thanks, we'll Gunnar. That. Yeah, yeah, God bless you, man. Uh, may that uh, maybe that be the case for Heston Kirstad yeah, and everyone Jackson else. Jackson Holiday. Yeah. You know, may that continue to be. Okay, I guess Jackson. Those guys were top of the draft picks, yeah. so it wouldn't be quite the same. But yes, may they continue to get the Orioles uh, high picks tonight. We'll find out about Manager of the Year. The the internet sleuths say it's not Brandon Hyde because. Apparently, the way that the the nominees were announced was it's supposed to be in alphabetical order, but like two of them were not listed in alphabetical order, and the belief is that that's because they accidentally screwed up and listed them in the order that they finished, because apparently they did that last year. So that was one of the things the internet. Also, there was apparently some weird uh, post that Jeff Passan tweeted that maybe suggested that. And then he like tweeted it and deleted it. I, dude, he, I am not all over. When he, when he tweeted the nominees, right? Is that when it was? Because he tweeted out the nominees, I think, and they were in the order. Yeah, they, they were in the order that, that it he felt was like. The one. Yeah, like the odds okay. one. And yeah, then, I and then I think people started pointing it out. And they're like, "Oh, they did the thing where they accidentally." Bro, I I gotta be <laughs> honest with you, man. I am not this deep into Shared Twitter. In order, I am not deep in this deep into the game, so I don't know. But I I thought Brandon Hyde should have been manager of the year. I. With all due respect, it would be one thing if the award was given out after the playoffs, in which case, like, yeah, Bruce Bochy is the manager of the year, of course. But the award isn't. Like, the playoffs aren't taken into consideration. It's not voted. It's it's voted on. It's voted upon at the end of the regular season. So because of that, in what world would Brandon – am I living on Crazy Island? How could Brandon Hyde not be the manager of the year if you didn't – involve the playoffs in the conversation um i i don't know man some some weird weird stuff going on it'd be funny when craig council wins for the the national league (laughs) it'd be funny right who holds the press conference (laughs) honest to god like it's got to be the weirdest bit of all time do the brewers hold a press conference i'm like sorry uh he's not here (laughs) 
how do they go about I, I I really don't know how they would go about doing that. Uh but that's in the six o'clock hour tonight. They will announce uh manager of the year in both leagues and I I don't know. I guess there is this thought process that Bruce Bochy might be the manager of the year in the American League for whatever. I'm so I. Who cares is the real answer to this, right? Like these these awards are neat. I I'm I care more about them for the players because for the players it defines the way that they speak about your career. For managers, the definition about how we speak about your career is how many World Series you win. That's a fact. You have no idea how many times ma- how many times did Joe Torre win manager of the year? I don't know. I, Three I mean, times maybe. I'm going to guess he won it a few times, but I don't know. Who the F knows? So I'm, I'm much more inclined to be dismissive of if they get manager of the year wrong. By the way, he only won it twice. Won four World Series. Only won manager of the year twice. Because, of course, manager of the year is typically the award given to the manager whose team outperforms the expectations most. That's normally how manager of the year works. Kind of hard for the Yankees to outperform expectations when you assume they were going to win the World Series every year. We define managers by how many many titles do you win. So if Brandon Hyde doesn't win manager of the year tonight... I'm not going to be all that worked up about it. I, I think they'll have gotten it wrong, but so what? We define play- Everyone in this town knows how many MVP awards Cal Ripken won. Everyone knows. We define players by those types of things. Players are defined by... We talk about Cal Ripken and say he was rookie of the year, he was a two-time MVP. We know all of those things off the top of our head. The player awards matter. I'm glad they got Rookie of the Year right. Because for Gunnar Henderson, he'll carry that with him for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life, Gunnar Henderson, when we talk about him, he'll be the Gunnar Henderson that won Rookie of the Year, was a eight-time batting champion, uh, a five-time MVP, and won 12 World Series titles. We'll talk about him like that for the rest of his life. I mean, I don't want to go crazy. Like, I want to go on the shallow right, end. Right, right, right. 13 like, would have been absurd. Yeah, obviously. That's how we talk about Gunnar Henderson and players is by those awards. Managers, we don't. So I'm not going to be – I'm not going to, like, scream and lose my mind about it. But the absurdity of Bruce Bochy, again, for a regular season award, having a much better roster where they spent a ton of money on it and not being as good – as the Baltimore Orioles, winning manager of the year over Brandon Hyde would be mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. But people seem to think it's going to happen. So what are you going to do about that? I, If he wins, he wins. I just I can't fathom someone explaining why they would vote for Bruce Bochy over Brandon Hyde for manager of the year. I can't fathom that but again it's manager of the year no one the greatest manager in Orioles history is Earl Weaver how many times did Earl Weaver win manager of the year no one knows no one knows we don't care man 
We just don't judge managers by manager of the year. I don't even know if they even had manager of the year back then, so I can't tell you if he yeah, won manager of the his year. His career, his accolades are an Orioles Hall of Famer, World Series champ, and uh, his looking at Wiki, is, right? Yeah, his That's all you're doing. Yeah. I don't. I don't know when they started. When was the first manager of the year? I, it might be that. Don't we have to call somebody here? Oh yeah, yeah we do. I got to get to that. I don't know what's going on with Griffin over there. Uh, yeah, they didn't start giving out manager of the year to '83, so I guess Earl Weaver wasn't going to win manager of the year. So the wrong person to measure by that. I, the manager of the year thing just doesn't I, I, whatever alright I've said my piece about the awards if you want to hear more about Gunnar Henderson winning rookie of the year last night then right now go to or maybe after the show is over if you don't mind it'd be cool if you stuck around go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports click on the videos tab or you can go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline pressboxonline.com slash video and that's where you will find Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson all getting together to talk about Gunnar Henderson's amazing rookie season and culminating with Rookie of the Year. Find that show right now. Later this week, Stan the Fan will get together with our friend John Eisenberg, the author of the new book Rocket Men, about the history of black quarterbacks in the NFL. Ravens, another really disappointing defeat over the weekend seventh time in the last two years they have lost a game in which statistically they had at least a 75 percent chance of winning it in the fourth quarter this man uh, handled trying to clean it up and talk about it for uh, our friends at the 33rd team he is a longtime friend of ours former ravens defensive coordinator former colts head coach our buddy chuck pagano is back with us here on gcr Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Hey, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, Coach, you, you referenced it in the video, right? Like, that was – it got away from him. It was a wasted opportunity. I, I, I struggle with talking about this because I do know that it's unacceptable that the Ravens have had this happen so many times over the last two years. But I also know that in order for something like this to happen – you have to be in position to be winning games in the fourth quarter frequently over the last two years. So how do we measure the disappointment of them losing games like this versus how remarkable it is that they've been in every game where Lamar Jackson has been healthy? There hasn't been a single game when Lamar Jackson has been healthy that they haven't had a chance to win in the fourth quarter over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, make no mistake about it. This is one of the best, if not the best football teams, you know, top to bottom in the National Football League, right? I mean, when you talk about going out and getting Todd Munkin, uh, the uh, receivers that they added, the skill positions they added, that's all we talked about ad nauseum was we got to get Lamar, you know, weapons, weapons, weapons. So they went out and did that. You got you know, top two defense in the National Football League, the job that uh, Mike McDonald uh, has done, the job that John Harbaugh and the staff continue to do. Now, this this recurring theme of these, you know, fourth quarter meltdowns, what, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's pretty simple when you, just, when you just look at it. And if you just do, you know, a couple things, uh, in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, like you've done the entire game, just first and foremost, take care of the ball, right? Right. The three losses this year, the Colts, you know, they gave it over, they turned it over twice. The the Steelers, they turn it over three times, and then 
two times uh, this past week uh, to Cleveland. You know, you get a and you got to be lucky, right? You got to have some luck on your side. And Lamar has a ball, you know, batted up in the air and it lands in Newsom's lap and he runs it in, you know, for for a pick six. You know, and next thing you know, you're in a you're in a one score game, and nine minutes earlier, you're up 14 points. So, um, execution, uh, run the ball, stop the run, take care of the quarterback. Deshaun did a great job of running around, getting out of harm way, harm's way, extending plays. Didn't have that they you know help that they lost you know Marlon Humphrey uh, in that game. Um, so. I mean, there, there's a lot of things there. You just don't want it to become, hey, you know, where you're always you're overthinking this thing, and you get to the fourth quarter, and it's like everybody's looking at each other. Okay, hey, we're up. You know, we're up ten. Mm-hmm. We're up fourteen. Now, here we go. Let's don't. You know, you start thinking about it too much, and it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, with that said, coach. Do, do, are you worried? Is it just an anomaly? Like it, it, it's a trend, but is it more to your point? Hey, look, this is a good football team. When you're when you lead enough games, you're going to lose some of them. You're not going to win all of them. Or does it concern you that there's there's something going on? There's something that's missing. Whether it's you know I, one of the things I brought up recently. We of course you know more than anyone the great leadership that's existed on this roster in Baltimore for years. And you know some of them were your close personal friends. I, like do you, do you worry that there's something there's some disconnect? in these moments that these guys maybe don't have that type of leadership to fall back on? Absolutely not. You know, from, from top to bottom, absolutely not. So again, this just comes down to, you know, execution, throwing, catching, running, tackling, blocking, all the things that, that they do so well, you just got to do it on a, on a consistent basis and, basis and do it for for 60 minutes so I, I don't worry about that at all they've got they've got unbelievable leadership they got unbelievable talent on this football team uh especially at, at the quarterback spot and, and the playmakers they have on this defense um yeah you just you, you have to do it for 60 minutes and it doesn't matter who you're playing right in the national football league you have to prepare and you have to play and you have to execute because any given Sunday, anybody can beat. I mean, how many how many people picked you know Denver to go into Buffalo last sure, night and sure. beat the Bills? Yep. No, but no, if you don't do the little things, if you don't do the little things, you don't take care of the football. Uh, next, you, you know, you have a you have a substitution error. These guys don't want to do that. They don't mean to do that. Nobody's out there just trying to yeah. throw games and, and lose on purpose. But that's what happens in the National Football League. It is pretty remarkable how that ended last night. He's Coach Chuck Pagano. He's with us here on GCR. We've linked up uh, his video from the 33rd team on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, so you can check it out. Um, coach, can, can you take me through how difficult it is as a head coach when you have a lead to decide, and I know that you weren't an offensive coordinator. I know it's not even really the role of the head coach, but undoubtedly the conversation continues to decide, hey, here's when we need to start trying to run the ball a little bit more, versus, hey, we can't take our foot off the gas. We need to keep the same game plan that we had despite the fact that we're up 17 nothing early. We need to be mixing it up because it's it's easy for us, us dummies, to say, wow, the Ravens were up by two scores for most of that game and their running backs only had 16 total carries. That doesn't seem 
right. Like, that's that number seems low for a game, but you know that if they had 25 carries and they lost, we'd come back and say, well, they, they just they, they tried to go run and hide, and they, they didn't keep up the, the, the intensity that they needed in order to win that football game. What is that decision-making process like when you're in a game where you have a lead? Yeah, I mean, we'd all love to be able to take the air out of the game, right, and run the ball at the end. You're up two scores, pound them, pound them, pound them, you know, chew, chew the clock up, uh, continue to – you know, you want to you want to stay aggressive. You can't go into a into a shell. Um, but then it also depends on on who you're playing and what and what they're doing. You know, uh, if if they know you're up and you're going to run the football, you're going to hand the thing off to Gus. You're going to give it the key. Um, Lamar, you know, they've got some quarterback design runs. We've got to take care. They're going to load the box up. You know. Jim Schwartz has done an amazing job over there in Cleveland. They got the number one defense in the league, and they weren't going to allow him to do that uh, at certain certain times. So, you know, you just can't – you can go up there and run your head into a brick wall and go three and out, punt, and then something happens. Quarterback gets loose. Quarterback makes a play. They throw. They catch. And, you know, then there's another touchdown, and now you're up one score, and you can do the same thing. So – to me, um, you, you you stay aggressive, uh, you play you play it smart, but then you also it also depends on and not everybody sees it. What's the defense? What's our opponent doing to us? Are they, you know, uh, are they putting eight nine guys in the box and and just daring us to throw the ball uh, at this juncture of the game? So there's a lot that goes into that as well. Uh, Coach, can you? One of the things that, that stood out for me on Sunday was, and it was brought up to me by a couple people during the week. Man, I'm I'm scared about the Browns because they need this one. And it was something that I hadn't like thought I'm like I, I I don't know how much those things matter. Like when a team, hey, if you lose this one, you're essentially out of the division race before Thanksgiving with a quarterback that has, you know, the, the richest deal in NFL history. The Bengals might start to be in a similar situation coming into this Thursday night, right? Like where if they were to lose that game and have been swept by the Ravens, they're almost all but out of the division race before Thanksgiving. How dangerous is it? What, how does it impact a team when you are up against that type of circumstances? How much more dangerous can a team be when they really are in almost desperate measure at this point in the year? Yeah, yeah there's no doubt about it. There's, there's no team that's, that, that's more dangerous than one that uh, – is sitting where you just uh, where you just described. You know, Cleveland coming in last week, Cincy coming in. You know, Thursday night on a on a short week. And, and believe me, you know, I've, I've worked for John uh, and in that organization, and they didn't sneak up on <laughs> on right. the Raven. Nobody's going to sneak up on this football team. You know, regardless of what that that record is, and you know, it all comes down. It, it was it was nameless, faceless objects you know, with John and the, and the Ravens, you know, it was always about us and it didn't matter about the opponent. Sure. We, we knew the opponent, we studied the opponent, we prepare for the opponent, you know, you know, your matchup, you know, your assignments, you know, what your job, you know, your all that stuff, right. Players and coaches. So it isn't, you know, because you're, you're a desperate team. Everybody's good. Anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. So it comes down to, you got to show up, 
you got to play, you got to play hard, you got to give great effort, uh, have that enthusiasm, all that stuff. Because um, they all can beat you. And there's no division, uh, you know, as good as the, the AFC North right now in the National Football League. There's not a, they, all four teams have winning records. And no other division in the National Football Team uh, League can say that right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm sitting here, I'm Cincinnati. I'm I'm five and four right now. I've already gotten beaten uh, by the Ravens. This is a must win for. Yeah, you're going to get their best shot. But yeah. guess what? You're going to get everybody's best shot, especially when you're the Ravens. You're seven and three, um, and and you're being talked about the way you are in the National Football League. Coach, I'll go back to what you said earlier, though. Nothing about you know these these disappointments. Nothing about the way that they've like lost some of these games in the fourth quarter this year, last year. Nothing that wavers your belief that this continues to be, if not the best, then one of the top teams and one of the teams with the best chance of making a run to a Super Bowl. No, absolutely not. And again, both teams are coming in on on a short week. Uh, Ravens are at home since he's got to travel to them. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. There's there's just too good a coaches, too good a talent uh, organization, top to bottom. Um, they'll get the, they'll get this thing rectified. And again, it, it's 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 really simple, you know. Just just do the little thing. Take care take care of the program. You know, like McAfee always says, right? Yeah. The ball is the pro. The ball is the program. And so if if we just do that. And and do the do the little things better than everybody else. We'll be fine. All right, I I I know you're right, and I certainly am not going to overreact to it. But boy, you know how this goes, Coach. Like you lose one game, and all of a sudden, it's the NFL, man. Like it it just affects oh, you. Oh well, like I said on the deal, like a week ago. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm right. Over, I know you overreacting, but yeah. I'm like I'm like yeah. Baltimore is the best football team, and not just the AFC. But but the entire National Football League, and they and they still are. They're they're one of the top two or three teams, and but you can't you can't beat yourself. You just can't do it. No doubt, no doubt. And it's uh, some weird things going on. The Ravens the Ravens can't kick a field goal these days, which is a bizarro world scenario. Well, come on, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, we get a you got the best kicker in the history. I know, of, of but the game, it's, right? It's a weird. And then we get a, we get a field goal block too, and I mean, that, there's the difference in the game as well. It's a weird. There are some weird, weird things going on these days, Coach. I don't know how to define them. Um, of course, the 33rd team, as Coach mentioned, obviously the Pat McAfee show as well each week, where he gets to go hang out with the guys. I don't know how much you love doing that, flying back to Indy for it. Anything else that we can plug for you, my friend? All good. It's always great being on with you guys. Coach, love you. Always appreciate taking the time for us. Thanks for doing this this appreciate week. Appreciate you. Thanks. Coach Chuck Pagano uh, with us here on GCR, as he always is. I keep thinking about that, and I don't know how I'm going to make my pick for Ravens-Bengals this week, but I keep thinking about that. I'll give um our friend Stan the Fan some credit for that. Like Stan was harping on that with the Browns. Like this is, They lose this game. It's the division's over. Like they're they're showing up ready. And it's a hundred percent the same way for the Bengals this week. Imagine if the Bengals lose this week. The Bengals lose this week. The Ravens are sitting at eight and three. They're sitting at five and five, and the tiebreaker's gone. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I would love that, obviously. But like they know, they're aware, and they're pulling out 
all the stuff. This isn't just a football game for them. This is playing for your division life at this point. You'd be two and a half games back and really three because you add in the tiebreaker. With seven weeks to play. They're desperate. Unbelievably desperate coming in on Thursday night. I I think that's dangerous. I mean they're good. I know they lost on Sunday, but like they even they lost on Sunday, they fought like hell. They're dangerous. They're really good. Better than their record indicates they are because they were a mess at the beginning of the season when Joe Burrow wasn't right. It's a desperate team showing up here. And as much as the loss for the Ravens is disappointing, I don't know that they're desperate in the same way. So you got to beat a desperate team. you got to find a way to match that this week. you got to find a way to dig in and feel as desperate as they are to win. It's a tough thing to do when it doesn't speak to reality. The reality is the Ravens aren't desperate. The reality is the Ravens are still in very good shape. But you're going up against a team that's playing for their lives in the division. And that's a that's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing. It's why you kind of like the idea of the division games being at the beginning and the end of the year. So a bit more defining. It's an awkward time to be playing a critical division game. All right, today's show is brought to you by... Well, you know what? This one's brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on there? Yeah, maybe luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Well, you can turn those uh, losses into winning opportunities. Maybe you took St. John's money line uh, against Michigan last night. You know, mm. it was first or, or first game of the Patino era uh, in MSG, uh, and they just got completely steamrolled by by the Wolverines. So uh, that didn't that didn't go uh, that didn't go too well. Uh, for me, leading into Monday Night Football. Uh, but I can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion be- be- because between now and January 4th, 2024, all live casino in Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from live casino in Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, and cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, when we come back in, County Sports Zone Radio. We'll go over the world of high school sports with our buddy Wes Brown next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia the next Tyus bowser show is tuesday november 21st at mother's north grill in timonium it's brought to you by superbook sports aj michaels and helpmygamblingproblem.org what company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels heating and air conditioning in baltimore and annapolis ajmichaels.com Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program and every Tuesday on the show we find out what's going on in the world of high school sports locally joining us now he is with our friends at County Sports Zone it's time for County Sports Zone Radio with our buddy Wes Brown Wes good morning man how are you doing well how are you everything is good here so some controversy on the public school level this weekend tell me about it yeah, so started started before the action on Friday. Um, CH Flowers, who who we we, we talked about as, yeah. as the, the top teams in four A, um, forced to forfeit against uh, Roosevelt due to a, a fifth year player. Um, the team wasn't really aware of any investigation or anything until the the decision was made. Um, and when you dig a little deeper into it, it 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 seems to be someone who played like a COVID year spring small season at a private school counted that as a fifth year. Mm. Um, so no one really knows sort of where it, it came from. And, and, and there, there, there's some disagreements on if that really should have, should have counted there as a fifth year, but they, they, they weren't able to, to even play that game for the, the rest of the team. So I, I see that there is like still a push to try to, I, I, it does feel 
awfully punitive for the entire team to be penalized because of this thing that does not appear to be egregious, right? Like, I, this is a very fine line for me, Wes, because, like, I get rules are rules, and you got to abide by the rules, but at the same time, like, wow, this seems very difficult to penalize an entire team, but are, are we up against the clock? Like, is it even possible for there to be any recourse here, or is it simply kind of over at this point? Yeah, so, so so that's the thing with it being so last minute. I mean, the the team held a bit of a rally, and and, and they've been doing some uh, change out work positions and and stuff like that. Um, their their hope was to try and get you know the game rescheduled for you know yesterday or today, um, but it, it just doesn't seem like like that's going to be the case. And um, it's also interesting the team Roosevelt that they're supposed to play um, earlier this season when they were about to play Wise, another another top team in in Prince George's County. Um, Wise had a player deemed ineligible as well for that same game. So, so some people are are wondering if it's too big of a coincidence that both those happen against Roosevelt. But either way, it seems like you know Roosevelt's gonna gonna be moving on here and, and got a spot in the state quarterfinals. So that shakes things up, obviously, quite a bit there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on obviously on on top of that, uh, Quinn's Orchard also lost this weekend. So two of the two of the top Jeez. teams both in the state championship last year for a. Um, both out of the playoffs. So, okay. So tell me about who's left at the 4A level then. Yeah. So obviously you have, um, you know, Wise and then obviously Northwest who who snapped that 39 game, you know, QO win streak. Um, so a, a ton of new names. Uh, it, it'll be the first time that, that anyone else other than QO um, ha, has won the, the 4A championship since 2019. Wow. Uh, wild. Very wild turn of events this weekend. Um, anything else at the public school level, football-wise, that was worth noting from the weekend? Yeah, not 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 too much. Um, we we've got the rest of the brackets up. Basically, what they did is after the the games this weekend, this past weekend, um, they they've reseeded everybody into the the state tournament. Um, so so we've got those those brackets up with three rounds to go. Um, until teams are, are in Annapolis that are fighting for the, the championships. All right, now staying at the public school level. I know it was a busy weekend. Run me through. I know there were some champions that were crowned over the weekend. I know there are more championship games coming up this week. Run me through all of that. Yeah, so field hockey state championships were at Paint Branch on Saturday. Um, South Carroll, Glenelg, Mount Hepburn, and Crofton all took home the the titles there. Um, South Carroll was was the closest game. They they won two to one. Um, all the rest of them pretty pretty easy victories there. Um, and then we have you know state finals for soccer boys and girls at Loyola this weekend. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then volleyball semifinals are tonight, and then the winners will move on to uh, the finals at Hartford Community College on Saturday. All right, so that's what's going on at the public school level. Wes Brown is with us for County Sports Zone Radio this week. Um, moving to the private school level, the championships are set for this Sunday uh, out at uh, Towson University. Run me through the A Conference, the B Conference, and the football. Yeah, so so two o'clock at Towson, they'll have the the B conference between John Carroll and Concordia Prep. Um, Concordia has been been a really strong team. I, I've gotten to see them a couple times this year. Um, and then the A conference following that at at five will be McDonough versus Spalding. Uh, we, we we've talked a bunch about Spalding and, and how dominant they've been, but yeah. uh, McDonough is going to get another another crack at them here at the the A championship. So is do they have a chance? I guess is the question that I'm asking. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Spalding Spalding did, did really well this weekend holding off uh Loyola. Um so they, it, they, that that was a much closer game in the regular season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Spalding Spalding's really started to, to hit a stride again here at the end of the year. So it looks like they're the team to beat going into this thing. Um, I believe it's it's two o'clock and five o'clock, right? Two o'clock for the B conference, five o'clock for the A conference on yep. Sunday at Towson University. And uh, speaking of Spalding, do you have an athlete of the week for us this week? Yeah, so so going with their their running back, Caden Curtis, uh, rushed for two hundred forty three yards and three touchdowns in the win over Blakefield, um, a whopping fifteen point two yards per carry. Um, and that effort sent him way over um, the, the thousand yard mark this year. Um, it, it's really interesting. A lot of talk is made, obviously, about um, Malik, Malik Washington, Washington and, and all, all, all that kind of stuff. But um, Curtis is is putting together a really, really balanced backfield there. Yeah, uh, probably helps. There's a lot of people paying a lot of attention, of course, to uh, what uh, Malik Washington is doing. And Caden Curtis, I've seen him a few times. He is extraordinarily talented. So um, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, okay, so that's 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 all coming up this week. And then any particular games to you that are must watch in at the private or the public school level going to the next round of the playoffs? Yeah, so with the the state quarterfinals here, um, we, we talked about you know Broadneck last week. They they managed to to take down uh, Dundalk um, at home there. Uh, so you're gonna have kind of a battle of, of two teams who who are coming off of, of good wins. Um, when, when Broadneck goes to face uh, Northwest, who knocked off uh, Quince Orchard there on Friday. And then on Saturday, uh, Mount Hebron hosts City College um, in, in Howard County. Um, it's kind of a, a dominant Howard County sort of, you know, rushing offense team versus more of a, a spread out, you know, City College offense. So I think it, it could be a, a good game there between two, you know, contrasting styles. All right. Those are two of the games to watch. And again, all of the brackets, the schedules, everything like that you can find at? CountySports.Zone. CountySports.Zone is the place to go to get all of the updates as we are uh, in the throws of the postseason, of course, next week uh, is Calvert Hall Loyola again, and I know this Friday night uh, St. Francis goes down to IMG Academy, and that will be a hell of a test, uh, despite the fact that St. Francis has run off four straight of late. Uh, anything else, Wes, that we should know? And can you remind everybody where they can follow you and CSZ on social media? Yeah, follow follow CSZ at CSZ Scores on socials, and I am W underscore Brown. 21 very good give him a follow there west brown appreciate you man for getting us caught up in what's going on in the world of high school sports let's do it again next tuesday all right sounds good thank you west brown from county sports zone with us every tuesday for county sports zone radio here on gcr i don't love st francis's chances against img academy on friday don't love them but uh have some hope come on you like uh you think concordia you like uh yeah yeah, yeah they should. look at you I homer mean, Homer. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, they, yeah, I, I, they, they I have one of the best defenses in. I mean, I think in the state, like they, they, they have the two of the best ed, edge rushers, mm-hmm. Sid Stewart, Ernest Willer. Ernest Willer is a Under Armour All American, and have they? Do, do you know? Do you know where they're going? Um, they uh, no. Willer has okay. a ton of offers. Sid Stewart's still a junior. Oh, and he leads the team in sacks. He was second in the state last year as a sophomore in sacks. I don't know where he ranks right now. Uh, this season, but um, yeah, Sid Stewart's got a ton of offers. They both, I think, they both already have like Maryland, Boston College on the on the table, and so they'll have uh, they'll have their uh, their options open. Um, of course, uh, Lo Siento, John from Little Rock, is Dundalk fell to Broadneck and had mm-hmm. uh, their playoff run end mm-hmm. over the weekend. So 
I know it's a very sad moment for uh, John and all of our our Dundalk friends. Mid- we're pulling Mid- out. Manchester Valley him. lost as well. I forget who they lost to, but they lost. Nah, as it's well. all over. Over the weekend, it's so. all over. I don't know what they do in Dundalk. I'm guessing it like when when they're sad. I'm guessing it involves malt beverages of some sort. <laughs> if I had to, if I had to assume, or at least very cheap beer, very very cheap beer. If I had to guess, when they are sad, but. Uh, uh, some good games coming up this week. The high schoolers, of course, not. No, not yeah, them. Not the high Not them. The alums. That's who I'm referring to. The alums or the people that maybe went and never finished. I think there might be a few of <laughs> I think that might be the case. All right. Uh, winding down for hour number one of GCR. Today's show has also been brought to you by, or it's a reminder, the next Tyus Bowser show will be coming up next Tuesday night. One week from tonight, we are back in action. We will be back at Mother's North Grill in Timonium next Tuesday night, the next Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more, PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights memorabilia. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. It's really as simple as this. You got friends that are coming back home for the holiday next week, family members? And you're like, God, what am I going to do? We've all been there, man. Like, we have all been there. I don't, most of my family is here. And now that I've got kids, it's not the same. When I was in my 20s, like, friends that had moved away would come back and stay with me. I'd be like, on air mattresses in an apartment. And I'd be like, I guess we're going to go to the movies. Everybody goes to the movies Thanksgiving weekend. It's the only good, nobody went and saw the Marvels this weekend. It was awful. Maybe the movie's good. I don't know. But the box office was dreadful. The the only saving grace is that next weekend, I'm not sure what other movies are coming out. And, like, everybody tends to go to the movies when all of of the family and friends come in for Thanksgiving. So it's the only potential saving grace for that film is that maybe they'll get a Thanksgiving week kick. Maybe. Maybe. So you're thinking about, God, what am I going to do? I don't. What we, they're coming for a whole week. Like, what are we going to do? Well, if they're from here, they're probably Ravens fans. So bring them out to Mother's North in Timonium and let them meet some of their favorite Ravens players. Seems simple enough, now doesn't it? Tyus Bowser Show, next Tuesday night, Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Come join us. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. All right, we come back in. What wasn't an awful lot of fun was Maryland basketball this weekend down in Asheville, losing back-to-back games to UAB and Davidson. What? We'll try to get to the bottom of it with our friend Patrick Stevens. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we move into the second hour of the program. Busy week this week, and I was telling you about this yesterday. I I really hope, and I, I first of all, I have to thank our friend Brian Powell, who heard the call, and he sent me some money, said, hey, when you're out shopping for ramen noodles, go get some more. Thank you, Brian Powell. I appreciate that. Once again this year, our buddy A.J. Francis is hosting a non-perishable food drive on Saturday to benefit Sarah's house uh, near Fort Meade. And we are asking you to be a part of it. If you are going to the Maryland-Michigan game on Saturday, please bring your canned food items, your non-perishable food items with you. We will be at every entrance to the stadium collecting those non-perishable food items, so please if you are coming to the Maryland-Michigan game on Saturday, bring out non-perishable food to help our buddy A.J. Francis and um, his family lift up the folks at Sarah's house. If you're not going to the game, and I get it, if you're not going to the game, 
You can do exactly what Brian Powell did and said, Glenn, here's 60 bucks. Please, when you're out shopping this week, to, to get, get $60 more and take it down there for me. And I'll do that. If you have stuff at your house or if you're someone who's connected to like a grocer or somebody like that, you say, hey, I can just, just hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, glennclarkradio@gmail.com. Tell me where you are. I'll come meet you this week. And I'll help make sure it gets to Sarah's house this weekend. So please help our buddy A.J. Francis out with his uh, canned food drive this week. Maryland-Michigan game on Saturday. We appreciate that. Our friend Patrick Stevens has always been very supportive of uh, A.J.'s canned food drive every year. And I always that means a lot. He's back with us this morning here on GCR. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am well. And you, Glenn? I'm all right. Uh, not a great weekend for Maryland basketball, obviously. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I don't know how much of this is. You can tell me how surprising it really is. I guess we can't be all that surprised by the fact that they're not a very good shooting team. We knew they weren't a very good shooting team, and they lost a couple of pieces that were actually helpful in that department. Uh, how concerning is it the weekend that they had? I think in general that you're sitting here staring at a team that threw three games, which, by the way, is 10% of the season. So. Small sample size, but not as small as you'd like to think. Um, you know, they're shooting 22.5% from three. And that just isn't, isn't going to do the job. No. Um, defensively, they've been fine. I mean, Davidson and, and UAB, UAB in particular, still has the residue of a pretty good team. You know, they lost, you know, Jelly Walker. And, you know, they, they, they don't have quite as good a team as they had last year, I don't think. But there's still enough in place so that, you know, on the surface, a one-possession game against them isn't terrible. You know, Davidson made a few shots, but, you know, I don't think they're quite as, frankly, as good as a t- traditional, typical Davidson team. Uh, but you sit there and look at Maryland giving up about a point per trip against Davidson, a little bit less than that against UAB, and, and you, you take that defensively. And I thought defensively they were fine against Mount St. Mary's. Uh, but offensively they, they have not been as good as they should be and that is a, a giant alarm I think at this point uh, for, for this bunch because if, if they can't you know you have to you have to score to win and in the modern game you're gonna need to knock down some three-pointers to be able to pull that off so uh, it, it's you know I, I, I don't I, I have not come away terribly impressed with what I've seen over the first week of the season. Understandably so. Is it as simple as saying either these freshmen are going to take serious steps forward in the coming months or this just isn't going to be a very big, good basketball team? It very well may be the case, just based on the numbers, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, how many guys can they are they realistically going to expect to be contributors on this team at this point? Uh, and I think any sort of math problem that you do with that involves uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith and yeah. Deshaun Harris-Smith and, uh, um, and and Jamie Kaiser being productive pieces for them. And if they're not, then then the deck gets stacked even more against them. You know, what what are you going to get out of Adante Scott this season? You know, he played a little bit better against UAB than he had in the first two games. Uh, certainly more so at the offensive end. Can you get anything out of Jahari Long? What, what do you get out of Noah Bachelor? What do you get out of Jordan Geronimo? I mean, these are all uh, not necessarily wild cards, but not guys that you're, you're counting on to score double-digit points a game. You know, I think you are with Dante Scott, but the other guys, no. So 
mean, you're going to need offense from some place, and, and the two freshmen are certainly uh, two of the more likely places to expect it from before long. So I, I, I don't want to be – because, again, we're still talking about three games into the season. It, was it harmful in anything as far as, like – I understand I'm trying to be realistic about this. They have a good, strong season in conference play. They're going to be fine to get into the NCAA tournament, right? If if they're uh, in the middle of the pack, was anything that happened this weekend harmful for them? I, it's, it's too early to know, right. right? Like, I mean, you don't know. Like, if UAB and Davidson end up as, like, top 100 teams, then, sure. then those are run-of-the-mill quadrant two losses on a neutral court. Sure. If... If UAB, which moved up to the American this year, now granted they moved up with like half of Conference USA, so it, 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 the, the peer group is pretty similar still. Um, but if they struggle in their first year in the American, Davidson ends up as a mid-pack or worse A-10 team, then you're talking about picking up a couple quad three losses perhaps on yeah. the first weekend of the season. Not great. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that you're – you know, the other element to this, too, and I've been pestered about this already by somebody else this morning, like, again, it's too early to kind of start figuring out, well, this is definitely what is necessary, right? But I'll tell you this much. There have been only three teams ever to get at-large berths with 15 losses, and they were all SEC teams at the tail end of the last decade. Uh, Vanderbilt in 17, Bama in 18, Florida in 19. If Maryland were to go 10-10, and 10, and split in the Big Ten tournament, but also lose its two remaining significant non-conference games at Villanova and at UCLA, there's, that, that leaves them at 18 and 15. That scenario does. Hmm. Uh, so hmm. there, is, there is work for this team to do. It certainly can't afford – I, I don't think in, unless it just gets on a tear here and suddenly finds some shooting uh, in the rest of non-conference play, I think it's safe to say this is not a team that can expect to be – one of those Big Ten teams that's that's thrown a life preserver if it goes nine and eleven in supposedly the toughest league in the country that doesn't have yeah, but never. one or two teams that can make it out of the first weekend of the tournament. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I I don't think they can count on uh, all that nonsense being able to carry the day. Like they, they've got work to do, and they've got work to do starting Friday. So with that being said, Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Uh, one, they see an old friend in Hakeem Hart, but two. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Villanova not quite as good as we thought they were. That's a bit surprising what happened last night. Uh, well, I didn't actually watch that game, but Penn, you know, has, has had gotten off to sort of the start that it was expected to get off to. It won its first two games against the non-D1 in Bucknell and then lost to the St. Joe's team that has some pretty good offense. Uh, but they played good defense against St. Joe's. So for them to have a decent defensive game at home at the Palestra against Villanova, not astonishing. Okay. Um, that having been said, you, you would still have thought that Villanova, with the experience that it has, it has Justin Moore, it has Tyler Burton, the, the Richmond transfer, it, it has enough that it, it probably shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, and, you know, Moore scored 25 points in that game. So it's not as if, uh, it's not as if he didn't do his part. Uh, but Penn's, act, you know, Penn's been a decent team here. Um, maybe not as good as you traditionally think of Penn, but they were 17-13 and 13 last year. They were a top half of the Ivy League team the last couple of years. So not a bad team, and, and, and Philly Hoops is a little bit of a different animal. That's, that, that's almost Penn's Super Bowl in a lot of ways. So I, I, I think that you know everybody, everybody's allowed to have a bad day, right? Uh, so 
I think Villanova probably will come out pretty fired up. I would think that if you're Maryland, you would come out pretty fired up, too, after what happened over well, the You would think, wouldn't you? Of course, that is Friday night at uh, the on-campus facility at Villanova, uh, which is not a very big building for a game like this. All right, uh, Patrick, on the local front, uh, I know Towson bounced back, got a couple of nice wins. UMBC, that I, – I, that one, I don't want to say as alarming because I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about Marist, but I, it felt like that was probably a bit disappointing after their offensive uh, performance against Louisville. Yeah, I mean, and Marist was, has been uh, below 500 in the MAC team the last couple of years. I will tell you this, that Marist is coached by a guy named John Dunn, who was the guy who was at St. Peter's before Shaheen Holloway. And he is gifted at finding ways to turn games into rock fights. Hmm. Um, his teams play like, and I mean this in a good way, like his St. Peter's teams were generally under talented and he made the most of those teams. So, you know, I think for Maris now two and oh, I, I, I look at that and, and I chalk that up as much to, well, that was a, that was a John Dunn special in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, and so, but if you're UMBC, there's probably a little bit of, uh, you know, you come back, you're feeling great about yourself. You drop 94 on the road or 93 on the road against an ACC team, uh, and then that's what you do. You, you, you probably feel like you, you you would like to have that one back. So, yeah. you know, for UMBC, they get three games at home this week. They get a non-D1 tonight, uh, and then Sacred Heart and Loyola over the weekend uh, for uh, for their MTE event with Sacred Heart playing Loyola on Saturday. So. Right, and uh, at, at that game, Sacred Heart playing Loyola at UMBC, which is you at know, UMBC, yeah, yes. a strange thing. Um, and then UMBC, the Sacred, the, is it the Sacred Heart game on Friday? Is it like 11 a.m. game, right? It's at 11 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Loyola speaking, which they got a, I don't know if, how good it was, but it was a gutty road win over the weekend. Yes. Yes, they went on the road. Uh, David Brown with the three-pointer to win it. Um, and it's not like he had, he had 12 points, Deion Perry, 21, uh, but they were able to, you know, to basically, you know, they, they were up seven with 10 to play in regulation, gave that lead back, but then were able to figure out a way to win. That's an interesting line for Deion Perry, by the way, 21 points, four rebounds, nine assists, seven turnovers, three steals, wow. uh, two, three pointers, and maybe a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, right. Um, so a wow. lot going on there, wow. but that's a, yeah, that's a team that you look at now. You know, Chris Kuzemka's healthy. He wasn't in their exhibition game. You know, they haven't played poorly in their first two regular season games. They played decent, not good enough to win at Florida, but not terrible. Um, and then were able to, to, to pick off Brown. So they get Binghamton at home this week uh, for their home opener at Reitz Arena before the two games over at UMBC. So uh, a real chance for UMBC, or for Loyola, I should say, uh, to get out of the first two weeks of the season with a winning record. So... That's a that's a good sign for them, and you know you, you certainly look around the Patriot League and like Holy Cross doing what it yeah. did once at Georgetown and yeah. one on Saturday. Uh, all the encouragement I think that you can get, you want to take at this point if you're the Greens. Uh, and then it, you, we mentioned Towson. They the good news for them is they're going to get a lot of television this week. The bad news is it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think uh, I think Houston is a tough tough act. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. You know, for a team like Towson that remains, you know, it's a it's a staple of the Tigers and the Pats area that sometimes that their best offense is just going and crashing the offensive glass. Uh, and there were some moments like that the other night against Robert Morris. That was definitely the case against Coppin State where they out-rebounded Coppin by 31. Uh, you know, you look at 
You look at what they did on, on, on Sunday night, it wasn't the greatest offensive display. The efficiency suggests it was better than probably I'm giving it credit for. Uh, but, you know, those things, crashing the offensive glass, defending, those are the things that Houston does about as well as anybody. So this is sort of strength against strength, and with all respect to the Tigers, uh, Houston's as good as they come. So that, that, this is a tough ask Thursday down in Charleston. Then they'll have two more games down there. Uh, so certainly some TV time. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if you're Pat Scary, you just want to see your guys compete against a team like that. Uh, you know, the thing that he took away, I think, from that first week, you know, that Colorado game we talked about last week, he didn't feel like, you know, those first five, ten minutes of the second half that they were quite as competitive as they needed to be. And it was certainly not a problem against Coppin or Robert Morris. So if they can, sh- if they can put up a competitive show and go down to Charleston, you know, maybe even pick off a game or two while they're down there. I, I don't know if that's particularly likely to get Houston, but right. you know, maybe a Utah awake the next day. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I think that would bode well for them moving forward as well. And on the national front, uh, I guess James Madison is the center of the college sports universe at the moment, and um, uh, and Tavon, our old friend Tavon Sadler got a nice win uh, down uh, in his new home, new home in Thibodeau. And I guess uh, Arizona was probably the big story of the week, right? Yeah, I think you kind of covered it right there. I mean, yeah. you, like you mentioned, Nichols State, which which comes to College Park next month, comes to College Park and Towson back to back next month. Uh, one by two at LSU, uh, which is, uh, you know, that's a great win for the Colonels. Uh, and it's certainly the sort of win uh, that will uh, that will attract plenty of attention to Tavon Sadler in his first year there. You, know, you mentioned the Arizona-Duke game. Uh, you know, that's high-end stuff for early in the season. Yeah. Arizona going in and winning by five. And as for Duke, you know, they're part of a great doubleheader tonight. They play Michigan State uh, in one game, Kentucky and Kansas in the other. And on the Michigan State subject, they, of course, were the overtime losers to James Madison, which then went on and got an even more ridiculous win a few nights later at Kent State, where they were down five with four seconds to play and found a way to tie it and send it to overtime and then win in double overtime. And then they hung 100 on Howard the other night, um, a team that had been in the NCAA tournament last year as the MEAC champion. So even without the ranking, it was a fabulous week for the Dukes, who were already supposed to be one of the better teams in the Sun Belt this season. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got some pieces. T.J. Bickerstaff, the former Drexel and Boston College big man. Terrence Edwards is a junior that has been part of Mark Byington's rebuild down there. And, and some other guys that have, have certainly, you know, been able to contribute. Michael Green and Julian Wooden having super efficient uh, weeks uh, with, you know, with the minutes that they had. So, uh, a lot to like about the Dukes. You know, there's certainly some rattling at this, this year's FAU. Uh, I'll tell you what, you look at their remaining schedule, you know, they've got a, they've got a neutral site event next week, uh, but there isn't another high major team on their schedule. Hmm. So hmm. This, is, this is a team that could roll up a pretty good record, particularly in non-conference play. I think the bigger question for them might be how do you deal with the travel that you have to fight through in that league where you have these Thursday, Saturdays that are usually on the road together. Yeah. Uh, although as I'm looking at it, it looks like they've only got four of those or three of those. Okay. So it's not maybe as bad as I expected. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a team that, uh, that, that certainly looks like it could put up a pretty gaudy win total and all of that. As you mentioned that, is there any chance they could get in that large though? Um, it's far too soon to okay. be all right. thinking about all that. Right. Um, 
but the reality is, is there just aren't going to be that many yeah. high end opportunities. Yeah. Like they will, the one thing, the Sun Belt and the Mac are doing a challenge this year. Okay. Where all, where that Kent State game last week was the road game for it. So they're doing a two game challenge. Everybody plays twice. They had one game that was scheduled the first week of the season on the road for the Sun Belt teams. Mac teams all got home games. There's a weekend in February where the Sun Belt teams will host MAC teams, and those pairings will be determined a couple weeks in advance like the old bracket busters were. So, you know, I, that's a possibility where if, there, if there's a high-end MAC team that comes in, it's probably not going to be that high-end, but it could be a top 75 win. Okay. It could be helpful. Okay. But there's not a whole lot else floating around out there yeah. at this point that looks like they're that's really going to help them out. All right, uh, very good. It's time for us to play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the teams that this MLB player played for? Do Do you have it in you to do almost a silly? I've got an I've got a two time All Star, but it's an eight team guy, and it's almost absurd. Do you have it in you to do an absurd one this morning? Yes, I All have. Right. I have it in me to do an absurd. All right, two time All Star. If you, I, I got three of the eight. Esteban Loiza. <laughs> Esteban Loiza. Well, Esteban Loiza was definitely a pirate. Most certainly was. I got that one. He was definitely a White Sox. Most certainly was. I got that one. He was definitely a Yankee. I did not get that one for the record. Um, I believe was he in Oakland? For he a was bit? in Oakland. I did not get that one. Was he a national? He for was. A bit? That was the only other one that I got. Those are the three that I got. Okay, uh, three more for. And Esteban by the way, these Loiza. are these are all now multi-year stops. There's there multi-year are, stops. Correct. For, there for is Esteban a, There are two different three-year stops, and there is a two-year stop as well. Well, we can't we can't uh, count the penitentiary where he got sent after he got busted with all the. Cocaine, no, I don't right? believe that was on the list. The California that Penal was League, not one I of the three-year stops. Correct. I don't think he played with. Was he in Texas? That's one of the. That's a three-year stop for Esteban Loiza. This is uh, unbelievable. I mean, this is now. I got to make the four-team one harder because I thought I was going to have to give you an easy. One. <laughs> uh, two more stops for Esteban Loiza, huh? Yes. Um. Gosh, where else did where else did he one catch? of them was a uh, was an all-star. No. He was an all star in one no. of his, in one of his other stops. Yeah, take it back. I take it back. Uh, he he was a sp- no no never mind. I take it back. He was a split all star in this season. I don't think it, it's sorry. I'm go ahead. Just go ahead. Okay, he was an all star with the White Sox. Yes, right? correct, correct. But okay. he split that season. That's why it's it's a whole thing. Okay. For yeah. some reason, I thought that he went to the Yankees that season. But oh, you I know what? He not. did. I'm reading it the wrong way. I'm looking up instead of looking down. My fault. The season before his All-Star season. Never mind. I t- yeah. It's on me. I screwed up badly. But we're still talking about eight teams, right? Like, I'm not trying to come up yes. with, like, two. It, it, there's okay. two more teams. One was are... one was a three-year stop. One was a two-year stop. Uh, for Esteban Loiza, I am kind of running dry here. Was he... Uh... Was he in Colorado? Not in Colorado, no. And how about uh, how about maybe Milwaukee? Oh, you're gonna kick yourself, Patrick. You didn't guess the Dodgers. I didn't guess the Dodgers. You didn't guess the Dodgers. Um, and then the other one was Toronto. That was where he was okay. uh, before Chicago. 
and he was three seasons there. Still, six for eight on Esteban Loiza is bonkers. So uh, I will have her stick it out. Give me the four teams for Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope is Baltimore, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Minnesota. There you go. Four for four. What's the schedule look like for you this week, my friends? Uh, headed to GW tonight. They play Hofstra. Then I think it'll be Loyola tomorrow. Still kind of finalizing the plans for tomorrow. But they play Binghamton in their home opener. Um, on Thursday, uh, American saw Dwayne Simpkins' t- team win yeah, last night. Yeah, first victory first for him as a head coach. Very cool. So they play NJIT on Thursday. Uh, Sunday, I think I'll be at Georgetown American. Uh, so that's sort of what's on the horizon right now, plus a, a certain football game in College Park on ah, Saturday. I will, I will, I will be there, but I'm not going to be able to stick around for the game, unfortunately. But I will be there that morning to help our buddy AJ out with his canned food drive. Uh, at Discourse D one S Course is how you follow him. And what should we plug at this point? Uh, Washington Post contributor. Uh, so. Very good. Check and, him out there. And any and anybody wants to still go buy Blue Ribbon Yearbook at blueribbonyearbook dot com. That would be uh, that would be much appreciated as you dive into college hoops this season. Uh, Patrick, always appreciate you, sir. Thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. Awesome, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. It's Patrick Stevens. Joins us every Tuesday throughout college sports <clears throat> season. Oh, hello. Good morning. Uh, college basketball and college lacrosse season. Anyway, he joins us every Tuesday. <sighs> I um, did you see how that the, the whole thing played out with uh, James Madison the, against Kent State? Oh yeah, drew oh. an offensive foul. That we yeah, that the ending of that was wild, wild Jack, wild. They get college game day now this week. I said this on Twitter. I always I always have this weird feeling when they go to whenever they small... announce because my first thought is wow that's cool right like, and then my immediate next thought is oh does that mean that all the games are are s this week? Like they don't have a good game, so they pick the big this kickoff instead. game is very good. Not really. Um, oh. it, but then I look this week, and like the obvious game that they could have gone to would have been Washington Oregon State, which is literally an ABC game on Saturday night. Hmm. And Oregon State, the James Madison story is good from a storytelling perspective. It's good for ESPN to go down there and talk openly about the situation with the NCAA. It's good for them to, you know, reference what the basketball team has done early on this year. I think the soccer team uh, made the NCAA tournament. Like, there's kind of a neat story at James Madison to tell. So it's a cool place from a storytelling perspective. Ratings be damned. And it's not like Oregon State's going to drive ratings, but that's the interesting part of it, right? From a storytelling perspective. Oregon State is fascinating. There's a program that no one wants. That's the number 12 team in the country. I think I think people expect them to jump even more after the Oh, in the, the CFP yeah, ra- yeah. rankings, right? I don't yeah. I don't know where they're going to be in the CFP rankings tonight. Um not but they're not only the 20 number 12 team in the country, they could completely flip the script on the college football playoff based on what they do the next two weeks because they have both Washington and Oregon to wrap the season. Now, I expect that they'll lose both of those games, but right now it's a great story and it involves Washington, who's become kind of must-watch in recent weeks. So I'm a bit confused. I don't know if 
they don't want to tell the the Oregon State story because it's uncomfortable. Like, wh- why is a the number 12 team in the country being left behind that you have to talk about the world which most people think is coming to college football, which is the world in which the teams that matter are going to siphon off and separate themselves from the rest of the, the college football landscape. And so you don't want to tell that story, but then why would you be at James Madison? We're like... Nothing they're doing this season apparently matters. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird to me that they chose James Madison. Also, if it was somebody getting their first appearance on game day, then it's a different... Like, if you were going to Tulane or somewhere like that that they had never had game day before, those are always cool things because you expect it to be total bedlam. Oddly, they've been to James Madison a few times. <laughs> when they would do, like, a one double-A game every year, yeah. they, like, basically... It was North Dakota State and Madison that they were going to for whatever weird reason. Those are like the places that they chose They're to the go best to. Teams, I guess. So yeah. maybe they just happen to know that like Madison oddly draws good ratings. <laughs> like they can't explain it. They do. Uh, they do go hard for football. Down. They do. I yeah. agree with that. Like they do care about football a lot at Madison. But it was just kind of weird to me that that's where they chose to go for game day. I was like, that's a really good game on Saturday night, and I, it's your game. Presumably the game that Kirk Herbstreet would be calling. Like, maybe so now, you don't so have him fly across the, the country. Six hour, he's well, not maybe, make it. I, I assume he's going to do a different game. Yeah. I assume that they they wouldn't. They'll just send him to whatever SEC game Tennessee, you know, they have. Tennessee, uh, Georgia play. I think that one's on that CBS. New, I think oh. that's a CBS game. Um, um, whatever see. whatever ESPN game is at 7 o'clock, I'm going to guess that's where. They'll send Kirk Herbstreet instead. Florida, Missouri. That smells like the Herbstreet game. I don't. I have no idea, but that's just sort of what it smells like. He'll, of course, be in Baltimore on Thursday night mm. for uh, Amazon Prime's coverage of Thursday night football. Oh, you know, speaking of college football, we, uh, <clears throat> first of all, say congratulations. Congratulations. Trivia champions last oh, night. Oh, wow. Not champion. We just won the night. Wow, champions. Uh, the playoffs aren't until December, but we were uh, victorious. Final week of the regular we were season. November 13th last night. champions. A lot of drama last night. Final week of the regular season. Jeez. And uh, we came up with a big win. Come from behind win. There was a good amount of sports last night. Um, th- since 2015, there have only been five number one college football programs. Wow. Which five are they? Ohio State. Yep. Alabama. Of course. Georgia. Yes. Clemson. Yes. And, uh, man, who would be, did, it was, no, it was not Florida State. Not going to say Florida State yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, man, who else would be a number one? Uh, was, was Michigan number one? Michigan was never number one. Darn it. Yeah. You got you got all Keep five going. right. Oh yeah. Um, Keep going. Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? There's probably an easy one here that I'm that I'm definitely leaving out. Was Oklahoma a number nope. one? Nope. Darn it. It is wild. There's only been five since yeah, 2015. Yeah, I, and, and I still can't name them all. Yeah. Um, this one to me was very easy. Is is it Pac-12? No, I don't think it was. Well, just guess, man. Florida this State. Was, not Florida State. No. Oregon. Not Oregon. What the heck? What what am I? What am I? Who am I forgetting here? Was it Notre Dame? Not Notre Dame. Jeez. Who am I forgetting here? Keep going. Just keep naming college uh, football <laughs> programs. 
Um, let me. I'm now. Now I'm trying. I. I mean, Washington wasn't. Not Washington. I know they were good. No. They did make the playoff one year. Yeah. Um, not Washington. Um, I mean, Texas is not back, so not Texas. <laughs> not Texas. <laughs> Um, who I, who else would USC? Not USC. God, who who? There's a weird blinder that you've got on right I now. I know, I know. Where am I? Where, what what part of the country? I told you am what I made complete? this question so easy is you realize there had been five teams that had won national championships, so they all had to be number one. LSU. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Got it right away. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know why I was blocking That's, out LSU. I like so, the I, one year. I, I started writing them down. I'm like, oh right, yeah. <laughs> it was easy at that yeah. point. Um, na- what's what's the name of the championship trophy given to the winner of the CFL? Oh man, Christ. do you really not know this? Is it the command? No, no, it's you don't know this. What is the trophy of the CFL? I I, I mean I oh, feel like I, I mean I've definitely heard dude. it. I don't I don't I can't. This is bad. Pull it out right now. Only one American team has ever won this trophy. It was the Baltimore really? Stallions in 1995. They were the uh, the, the 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 alumni cup. The Grey Cup. The Grey Cup. The Gosh. Grey. That was bad, dude. I shouldn't have. You know what? Maybe I don't want you to come play. You keep telling me you're going to come play trivia. You haven't shown up once. I think I said once. Sorry. Well, yeah, but you said you wanted to be a part of the team, and you haven't shown up. Uh, I'll they, show up for the last week, and I get my ring. The, next week is a music theme. Oh. So I don't know if that's – I mean, if you feel you like – uh, So they also gave you a bonus point if you could name last year's Grey Cup champion. And I was down to two teams, and I picked the wrong one. Was it the Toronto Argonauts? It was the Toronto Argonauts. I went with the BC Lions. Mm. Yeah, I screwed that one up. Uh, This one was a random one. Um, There are two presidents that are recognized in sports hall of fames. One is in the National Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame. The other is in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Okay, all right. Say, say, start over again. Two presidents Two are presidents. recognized in sports hall of fames. One is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, but not like WWE, like amateur wrestling. Gotcha. The other is in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Um, was William Howard Taft a, a William Howard a, Taft a, a was grappler. not? No, he was not the. We did. did, did we did, only got roll around on the mat. We only got the second one. Uh, we did so not you got get the New the Jersey one. boxer. Got that one. Who was a New Jersey boxer? Uh, was te- for either one was Teddy Roosevelt? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a good. We we thought that Teddy Roosevelt yeah. was a boxer, but we did not. Once we figured out who the second one was, we did not guess Teddy. I I, I think we guessed Hoover was our wrestling answer, and it was not Herbert Hoover. Was uh was Ike a boxer? He wasn't from uh, Dwight Dwight Eisenhower. No, no. was not was not the answer. Colson, you want to get in on yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. You want to guess? Um, Come here. Come here. This is from Trivia Like It has night. to be. So it has to be within the past 100 years. So uh, last night, we, we won Trivia last night. We're very happy. Good, good. Um, one of the questions was, two presidents are recognized in sports Hall of Fames. One is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. That's amateur wrestling. Yeah. The, <laughs> you mean not the, it could the, have been Trump, right, I had, in theory. Uh, the other is in the... New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... Um, That's the one we got. We did not get the wrestling one. I'm going to go with... T- 
Teddy Roosevelt and and Gerald R. Ford. So Gerald R. Ford, of course, famously a football player. But I figured I figured it would at make that sense level that he was also a Ray Lewis, state champion yeah, wrestler. Tony Siragusa. Ray Lewis state, is in the Wrestling Hall yeah, of Fame. State, Tony Siragusa, yeah. New Jersey state champion wrestler. Uh, it is not Gerald Ford, nor is it Teddy Roosevelt, who we were all convinced was a boxer. But again, we figured out the answer to the second one, so we guessed Herbert Hoover for the wrestling one, and we were wrong about that. Was uh was Lyndon B. Johnson a boxer? Lyndon B. Johnson might have been, but he's not in. He was. A Hall of I, I hear he was trained by Joe Johnson. Right. Famous, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Jack Johnson. Actually. Jack Johnson. Yes, excuse correct. me. Bring him here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. See. See. Come on, see. All right. So so I feel like Reagan then, just because. Not Reagan. He's no. Done stuff. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh wow. That, uh, it's not Jimmy Carter. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll let you off. Can the you hook. give me? What can if you I give tell me you? A, that you had to think Century. about the possibility that someone was in a Hall of Fame without actually participating in the sport. That there was another reason. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Really? It just dawned on me. He was, I, I, I remember now that he was like a wrestler as a youth, and he got into all these, you know, I think they were even professional he, wrestling matches. So that, like they that's, get paid. that's not, you got that one on your own. Yeah. The second one, the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Like it's legitimate. It's not Chris Christie. It's not. Think <laughs> think about maybe somebody that was involved with boxing in New Jersey. Christy Todd Whitman. <laughs> what if I told you you've already said this person's name? Well, maybe owned casinos in Atlantic City where they held fights Donald all the Trump? time. He's Correct. in the really makes all the sense in the world after so this is really how I the gotcha. he's in the Hall of Fame okay. because of the money he brought to the Correct. sport gotcha. because of the casino. The reason and the I got it was because my buddy was like, Well Donald Trump's in the WWE Hall of Fame. You think that's what they mean? I was like, No, but <laughs> Yeah. But New Jersey casinos sense. fights he was bringing Mike Tyson there. Yeah, Don King sense. was partnered he up with him. Revitalized fighting, and it's when, and it's also when gambling kind of came to Jersey, and mm -hmm. the, the, the two go together. Made all the sense in the world. Uh, then they all went bankrupt. All, and yeah, right. That life's that way. And then the uh, we 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 got the final. We were trailing going into the final. We got the final. I don't know how you guys. I'll give it to you. Uh, what 1990 nonfiction novel from H.G. Bissinger was adapted into both a 2004 film and a television series that ran for five seasons starting in 2006? And I will tell you, this is the quickest I've ever answered a final question. Like so, so my ex-wife accuses me of only having what she refers to as Snoopy knowledge. What that means is everything is trivial. Nothing about literature, nothing about art. Understood. You know, understood. So, so I would be out on this. Mm, you'll go kick yourself a little bit over. I'm it. sure. Oh no, when I know you'll the kick, show, when I know the TV show, it will, it. it will. So 1990 nonfiction novel from H.G. Bissinger was adapted into both a 2004 film and a television series that ran for five seasons starting in 2006. Yeah, that's going to be bothersome to me because the film to television series only two years later too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to drive me a little nuts. Both highly thought of. Both really? the film and the television series. Highly regarded. Non I mean, Not The Office. <laughs> Non-fiction I know, novel. I know, I know. Non-fiction um, novel. Shoot, what show? Uh, if I, like if I, if I, I told you that H.G. Bissinger is better known by his nickname Buzz, would that help? Buzz Bissinger? I wish. Nope. No. It's not Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> if I told you that this was also technically a sports question, would that help? Oh, there was a sports show based on 
It's the timing that's messing me up. I know. Up. I'm tr- like, it's I, not the league. If I told you that I've already referenced this show once on this program today, would that help you? Maybe you should listen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the scene. Oh, from Friday Night Lights? Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. okay. I would Friday Night yeah. Lights immediately as soon as the question was up there. I was I like, this is the easiest question I of all time. And Friday then I looked around and only two other people in the entire bar knew yeah. knew Friday the answer to the question. So It's kind of in your wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, it's in, that's, yeah. I would say it's very much I, in my yeah. wheelhouse, right? I read the book. I, yeah. I watched the show. I watched the movie. Like, all three. Very. I mean, Marianne's Trench. That stuff's in my Yeah, right? That's your yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> K2, able to help. tallest point yeah. in the world. You know. Yeah, you could have helped us. Stuff. There was a category where they're showing, like, things around the world. Oh, yeah. Like, we got two of the five. Yeah, I would have bu- d- done well with that. Like, pictures and stuff. And world you geography. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, come on out one of these Mondays. Come come help us out if you if you. I would I would enjoy. That. Come out. We play at Cooper's North. Come I, join us. I would I would enjoy that. We and, uh, uh, we were victorious last night. However, we were I, actually it's funny because unlike we were, the Ravens, we, yeah, correct. Unlike the Ravens, we were tied, and so then we had to do a uh, tiebreaker question, and the tiebreaker question is: In what year did the Hamilton Alerts win their only Grey Cup? Yeah. What year? Yeah. The Alerts. The uh, Hamilton Alerts. Uh, Nineteen ninety-seven. Two thousand six. 2000, you went with 2006, 97? <laughs> so I would have beaten both of you. The other team guessed 1987. I yeah. guessed 1960. It was 1912. <laughs> the Hamilton alerts. Big winner over here. 48 years off the right answer. Wow. So did you Big get, winner. Did you, and and yeah. so the closest one closest got it? Pen. Oh, okay. Yep, closest to the okay. Pen. I was at the uh, Great Cup in the one they won or the one they lost? I don't know. Because the, 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 where the Stallions won. When they won, yeah. Because yeah. remember, they lost the first year. So They won the second I've year. never seen anything like it. It was 60,000 people. And it was outdoors. It was outdoors in 60,000 people in the biggest set of what I can only relate as high school bleacher stage right. you've ever seen in your life. Right. And they were blowing, and the whole thing was going like this. And I was like, okay, well, this is this it. Is <laughs> this is <laughs> unnerving. This is unnerving. And boy, did they party for that thing. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do in Canada? Uh, that's, what like, they, what it, that's literally what they said. Get, you up, know, get like, up for the Grey Cup. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's... It's negative 80. They do it Thanksgiving weekend, so it's like negative 80 degrees so, by that point. They said there's 70,000 people here. This is a big... What else are we going to do? Right, correct. Was, what the hell a, else are they going to do? There was a lot of drinking and a lot of, a lot of out-of-town talent there. Oh, dancing. they brought and, they brought some in for that. Oh, huh? it they was... brought some in. Never seen anything like about that. All right. Anything uh, uh, I can plug for you? Uh, Tyus Bowser, Tuesday well, we've night. We've been plugging the heck and out of that. Mother's. Mother's North Grill and Timonium. As I'll, I said, you got family coming in for uh, And if anybody out there can engineer the show... Oh, is that a thing? I, like, I think I've got the situation uh, solved. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. G Stein's going to hook us up. We're all good. All right, if you say so. We're all good. G Stein, come on. I man, do, all right, if you say so. Yeah. I'll trust you. Yeah. Is that uh, is that a bigger problem that we got to deal with? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Just random, random, uh, random text. Hey, I wasn't. Sh- this is on Friday night. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like dealing with it then. Random text saying, "Hadn't heard where you're doing the show, so I booked another thing." I'm like, "Yeah." What doesn't mean that? But you hit the nail yeah. on the head with that. I told you. You hit the nail I on the head. I told you. I told you. All right. Yeah. That's what it okay, is. Okay, man. I think I we pop- got it covered. Thank you. If Thank anybody you. out there knows how to engineer, however, no, yeah, might, might might need a long term <laughs> solution. Might okay, man. Thank you. I right, appreciate Bye. it. That's uh, John Colson, most worshipful grandmaster. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Yes? Uh, the thing behind you got readjusted again, it, it looks like. So you, you want me to reset it now? It was 40, right? I or believe. Uh, where was, no, I brought it down to 30. Yeah, it dropped. 30, but I didn't bring it down much. Right, because Drew had bumped it up. To 40, and I thought I brought it to like 36, right? 30, something like that? I believe it was 36. I will confirm. It is, yeah, 36 is where we were at last week. I'm not going to move it. I know it's going to sound crazy after the Ravens lost, but I'm not going to move it. I'm going to keep it right at 36. I I feel like they're in the group. I feel like they have a a legitimate chance. I'm not going to adjust it despite the fact that they lost. 36%. Of course, we're doing with the Lamar meter percentage chance. The Ravens win a Super Bowl during the life of Lamar Jackson's contract. And I am... I'm not moving it. 36%. Wow. That's the number. Over, That's the number. Over a one in three shot. Yeah. I mean, look, I I know we were all rabid a week ago, and it was like, my God, this might be the 2019 Ravens and all that. So, like, that kind of hit a thud, and I, I, I won't be stunned if they lose Thursday night. But 36. 36. I'll, I'll address it at that point. If this becomes, you know, like, if this, then I'll address that. But right now, I still think they're very much a team that is built. I, the one thing I haven't brought up this week, and maybe I regret it, is the impact of the late buy and whether or not that also is hurting them. Like, when you see the defense struggle the way that it did late in that game on Sunday. And, I mean, a, also credit to the Browns just not giving up running the football. Agreed on all of that. Agreed. But I do think that the impact of having played every week to this point in the season – has something to do with that as well. That it caught up to them late in the game. They were on the field a lot in the second half. I don't want to overreact to any of it. I I think as long as they split these next two games, they should. They'll be favored to win both of them, right? And it'll be a mini buy after Thursday night. So they get a mini buy. As long as they split as long as they go into the buy at eight and four. I think they're in great shape, right? I, I think they, they get a home game against Pittsburgh. Jacksonville, you know, doesn't look. They only. The, the, no, they look good. Wait, we're at Jacksonville. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So cool. Um, Daunting, obviously, the trip to San Francisco after San Francisco bounced back really nicely this that weekend. That is Christmas night, right? Yes. Mm. Um, But I think they're okay as long as they're 8 and 4. I think that they are putting themselves in position that will feel good about them going into the playoffs. They might be they might have five or six losses going into the playoffs. Is there another game that you that you'd be okay with them losing after the button? They really it's no, only they should never lose they the shouldn't game. lose the Rams. There really there's no world in which they should end the regular season with more than five losses. And again, they'll be favored to win the next two games. They have the Dolphins at the yeah. What's the when's the Dolphins? where's that, that's like week seventeen the second to last game, I believe. But the Dolphins don't beat good teams. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that you can't lose. That you shouldn't lose more than two games the rest of the way. You could, but you shouldn't. And if you don't, then I'm going to feel. I think if they're 12 and five, we're going to feel very good about them going into the playoffs. So I'm not moving the number. I get it. It was a disappointing loss, but I'm not moving the number yet. We'll address that in the coming weeks. Lamar meter sticks right at 36 percent. Thank you. All right. When we come back in, we are going to get ready for waiver wire Wednesday. Is there any help to be found this week? I don't really know that there is.
we'll ask the question anyway. Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Expert, joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season 3 of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more in maryland you're welcome whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today sure glenn may be in his 40s now but he looks just as good as he ever has and he's still as sharp as he ever was and i say both those things without even a shred of irony Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR. Project Game Day returns this Thursday night. So two nights from tonight. Late night edition of Project Game Day after Ravens-Bengals. Come hang out with myself, Rita, Femi Ion Badejo, our cast, our crew, Ken Zalas, Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles have been checking in throughout the course of the year. Our buddy Trippy's been checking in. Come hang out with us after immediately following Ravens-Bengals. 
Join us. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Find out more. PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day. Project Game Day is brought to you by our friends at AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you for Project Game Day this Thursday night. I should have been paying attention. Everybody was trying to... Maybe we should just do trivia. Maybe I'm realizing the most engagement that we get on this program it's just when we do trivia. All of a sudden, I look down and my phone's like blowing up with. Uh, it's LSU. It's LSU. Yeah, right. Like Simon had well, a lot of people want. Simon Abdemariam had Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he had that one. Uh, Jen, Nel- our friend Jen Nelson had uh, Friday Night Lights. She had that one. Um, for uh, Dave, Dave absolutely knew it was Friday Night Lights. How do these people not know Friday Night yeah, Lights? Who are these people? What do you mean these people, Dave? <laughs> what do you mean by that? They have names. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've never. The watched Concordia it. Prep named their football team after our friend. Griffins Griffin. is a great mascot name. You know? Who are the Golden Canis- Griffins? That's Canisius. Canisius. Yeah, yeah. Called the Golden Griffins is uh, Canisius. Canisius. Um, maybe we should just turn the show. Maybe Tuesday should just be like a, a trivia theme. Trivia Tuesday. Oh, trivia Tuesday, right? Like maybe we should just make it that all day long. I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> This is more matter-of-fact trivia than like what you give me at the end of the show where it's just right. like a random list of, like, I'm just guessing anybody. These are more matter-of-fact types of trivia scenarios. <laughs> I dig it's in. Just, like, just naming ballplayers, which I'm not opposed to either because, as we all know, it's what men like to do whenever we get together is just name ballplayers. So um, we'll have to think about that moving forward because lots of engagement whenever we get to the trivia portion of the show. All right, uh, in just a second, uh, our buddy uh, Joe Serpico will join us. We will get set for Waiver Wire Wednesday. I, uh, I took it on the chin. I got to figure out if I, if I, if I, so how quickly I need to get Dallas Goddard back because I lost in the league. Remember, I had that scenario last week where I had to drop Dallas Goddard in order to fill the roster, and then I lost to Rita anyway in that league. So now I have a loss and no Dallas Goddard, which is uh, it's quite the bummer. I don't care for that. We all right in there? What what happened over there? He said he's got a Dallas Goddard thing going on. Oh, he's got a Dallas Goddard problem, too. (laughs) All of a sudden, I heard John Colson from the other room. (laughs) Sounded dejected. I picked up Dallas Goddard in the league where somebody dropped him, so I feel okay about that. I got Kincaid in Goddard now. Look at that. Look at that. I'm going to have to try to make make do with Taysom Hill the rest of the way. Your your boy. Your boy. Not a good week this week. Yeah, not a great week. Doesn't matter. All right, uh, joining us now, he is our press box Ravens, or not Ravens beat, our press box fantasy football analyst. He's our buddy Joe Serpico, and he's with us, courtesy of Live Casino and Hotel. Joe, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, guys. I was uh, thinking about you this morning, uh, Griffin. I know you texted oh me last gosh. night saying you needed 20 points from Williams, and you got 19. So oh, that had to be a little bit of a kick in the, kick oh. in the groin. He wasn't. He wasn't on the field for the final drive, and and I was. I couldn't. You know, P Ryan got all. I guess because P Ryan's a better, better, a better pass, pro, better pass blocker. <sighs> Javante Williams did not see the field on the that's final drive. Rough, bro. For Denver. That is rough. Well, hey, uh, I feel really bad for you if you not yeah, at thanks. all. All right, um, let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into it. So I was looking at your list because I, I said to Griffin earlier, I'm like, I don't know that there's anybody that can actually help. I guess if these guys are still available in your league, they could help. But I feel like for the most part, they're guys that are gobbled up in most leagues. I, and, and the one that stands out to me that we talked about last week was Noah Brown. I just don't know how we – like when is Nico Collins supposed to return and how many more weeks do we think that, that Noah Brown is legitimate? 
Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there of all the guys and Brown is we talked about him last week, but um I think it is more of a byproduct of Nico Collins not playing. Uh, he is supposed to be back this week. Same goes for Robert Woods. That's another reason why Brown was getting more run as of late. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm not like overly uh, trying to you know grab these guys, but you know, I felt like I needed to at least acknowledge them uh, because of the recent performances. But kind of like you said, it it's relatively a rough week for uh, waiver wire purposes. To be honest, uh, I kind of alluded in my article. It's more handcuffing season than anything right now. So I, I'll come back to that in a second. We talked about Keaton Mitchell a week ago. Then there's the frustration of he looks so good. In the first half, we're all losing our mind, those of us that play Keaton Mitchell. We said, ah, shows all of you dopes. We knew what we were doing. And then there's no usage. John Harbaugh, you know, gets steamy about it after the game, and then yesterday he says, yeah, we probably should have used him more, and we'll look to do that moving forward. If you don't have to play Keaton Mitchell – where are you this week with whether or not you should play Keaton Mitchell, who is almost certainly not available in any league that involves someone from Baltimore? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was sitting with a good friend of mine watching the game, and he's a Keaton Mitchell owner, and he just kept kind of rubbing it in my face, especially with the uh, the first big play. Um, and then the other thing I will say that I liked is they did try to get him involved on that, uh, I guess you would call it kind of a fade route in the end zone there. Yeah, should have been um, a touchdown. So they tried to get him involved in the pass game as well. So I do like that. So, they, you know, they are definitely trying to get him touches. Now, of course, you're obviously concerned that he only saw three touches. But I do think, uh, you know, Harbaugh kind of alluded to it. They are definitely going to get him more involved moving forward. I think Thursday we might see kind of a breakout game from him just because, let's face it, when the guy does touch the ball, he is electric. All right, so here's my group of running backs. You tell me who I'm playing. Jameer Gibbs, Devin Singletary, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, and Keaton Mitchell. Which two are you playing? I'm probably going with Gibbs and Pacheco just because they're more proven commodities. I think, honestly, Pacheco has been kind of underrated this year. He's kind of taken over all of the carries in uh, Kansas City. As long as you're tied to an offensive like that, he can fall into the end zone a couple times a game. Um, and then Gibbs, the past couple of weeks, has been finally what we were expecting Detroit to do, where it would be 1A, 1B, as opposed to uh, Montgomery and sprinkle in a little bit of Gibbs here and there. So I would definitely go with Gibbs and Pacheco. But uh, the four you mentioned, I'm putting probably Mitchell right after that, just because you're putting I do him above. Plays. You have him above Singletary. Yeah, just I mean, Singletary had that huge game this weekend. You know, biggest game of the year for the Texans on the ground. I'm still – they have been terrible as a rushing team all year. He, again, kind of just maybe the product of a plan of a terrible defense. They do have the Cardinals next. So that is kind of like the only reason maybe I do consider uh, playing Singletary. But I just like the explosiveness that I'm going to get out of Mitchell as opposed to, you know, Singletary's one of those guys that's just – He's getting a lot of touches. That's the reason for uh, his mass production this past weekend. Fair. If we're do- yeah, if we're doing start sit, uh, my running back situation. <laughs> I was really trying to just expand upon yeah, the conversation yeah. about Keaton Mitchell. That's really what I was doing there, Griffin. But go ahead. Let's make it the Griffin show. I got Saquon and Pollard as my running backs, and then I got James Conner and Kareem Hunt. Do I, do I keep starting Saquon and Pollard moving forward? I mean, yeah. I mean, in theory, they're not having the greatest of seasons, especially, you know, we know what's going on with, uh, I mean, the Giants are basically, they're getting stacked with 10 in the box because DeVito can't throw to anybody. And then Pollard, honestly, has become kind of a disappointment, especially the past month or so. But still think it's one of those things where you got to ride your horses. 
Uh, and then kind of wait and see what's going to go on with James Conner. Uh, I'll be honest, I can't even remember what he did this past he Sunday. He had 73. But, uh, he's some, yeah. yeah, he was. But, you know, it's still tied to the Cardinals' offense. So that's my only concern with you know, anybody that's with that team. He is Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico with us, courtesy of Live Casino and Hotel. Um, I was looking over your list of handcuffs, and the one that stood out is we don't know what's going on with Alexander Madison. I, I would, if you're a Madison owner, if you're a, I would think that Ty Chandler would have to be almost a priority for you this week, as far as the waiver wire is concerned. Or do you feel so little about Chandler that you would say I would still wait it out and not try to waste any Fab money or waiver priority on that? If you're somebody that is starting Madison right now and don't have a whole lot of options, then yes, you gotta you gotta throw uh, Chandler a couple dollars at him on your team. Um, and kind of like I did allude a little bit into there, it's it's the time of the year you much rather have, let's say, a Ty Chandler that you can start maybe one or two games at running back as opposed to Noah Brown that we just mentioned before. Because what are the chances you're starting Noah Brown over if I, you know if you're if you're in the situation where you need Brown, you, you know, have a pretty terrible left receiving room let's just put it that way but if you don't need them i would much rather stash away let's say a ty chandler or a ty j spears or you know something some of those guys as opposed to just wasting a roster spot on a brown that you're never going to start over let's say if you have you know three of the top 15 receivers yeah i know oh, i i he's he's intriguing to me as like a potential pickup uh again only because uh, i don't want to i don't even really want to get into it at this point so of these other guys that you mentioned that are handcuffs, again, are any of them guys that you're talking about, you know, when you talk about Gainwell, Spears, Gibson, Mar- are, are any of these guys guys that you're saying go get them on the waiver wire? Or these are all like, hey, if you look at your roster on Thursday and you feel pretty good about there being a spot that you could use on somebody else, go pick them up then. I'm leaning more towards the latter. Uh, the only one who I didn't include in there, and that's because it's more probably a 50-50 split, but if he is available, you want to uh, go grab him. That's Jalen Warren of the Steelers. Uh, they're definitely starting to lean more towards his way. It looked like uh, Najee Harris was getting more of like the goal line work, and then Warren was getting everything in between the 20s. Uh, so that's one of those guys that, you know, if he's available, maybe make him a priority add. But the rest of those guys I'm trying to add on, let's say, you know, Thursday or after the waiver period. Um, and some of them should be already rostered. Like, let's say if, if you're a Zach Moss owner, you're a Miles Sanders owner, even Antonio Gibson owner, uh, they, you know, most likely are rostered. Yeah, they haven't done a whole lot for you as of late, but if they're an injury away from being relevant. So those are the guys, I'm, again, I'd much rather hold on to those guys. Even though they're not doing anything right now, they have uh, what I, I call them lottery tickets if an injury happens and then they become instant, you know, RB1, especially in the case of we've seen what Moss, what Moss can do if uh, somewhere to happen to JT and Antonio Gibson. It wasn't that long ago. He was an RB1. All right. So where are we at with um, some of these guys that have been out for a while? Where are we at with, like, Fields, uh, Jefferson, Achan, I guess, will be on that list. Um, Stafford, I assume, would be. Where are we at with some of those guys? Uh, Jefferson's an obvious must-start right away. Uh, HN is going to be interesting because I actually just made a trade for him earlier this week. And, yes, we saw him pretty explosive when uh, when he was healthy, but now the entire uh, Dolphins running back room is healthy as well. Uh, we've got Jeff Wilson back. Mostert's not banged up anymore. So it looks like you know it could just be a three-headed monster with HN being uh, the most explosive one out of them. But I'm uh, 
not really ready to put him in starting lineups right away. Um, Stafford, again, it kind of depends on your uh, situation moving yeah, forward yeah. Uh, with quarterbacks there. If you need them, play them. Um, you know, we didn't talk about him, but uh, you know, Sam Howell, I think, has been super underrated. You keep, he's got, he's every, been a top every, every time you post, your, I'm like, what leagues are you in that these players are available? I need to get I, I into look, some of these leagues. I look for ones where, I, yeah, I just go on, you know, I, I use Fantasy Pros, and I'll look where whoever's at 60% available, and I'm like, okay, I got to include these, this guy. These have, to, these have to be <laughs> leagues that have, like, six teams. There's just no Maybe way right. some of these players are available this much. Uh, Maybe you're right. No, like, even when I put in with, uh, with Trey McBride this week, I was like, how is he still this widely available, 50% of leagues, the guy who's, you know, been tearing it up the past couple weeks? Uh, I don't understand it. He's somebody in a, a very weak tight end position you would think would be rostered, and somehow he's there in more than half the leagues. It, it's another one of those things that's kind of mind-blowing to me. Uh, do they not listen to us? Maybe that's what it is. I, I am I am really convinced that it's just weird leagues that we're looking at because there's just – I don't know any leagues where these guys – I makes no sense to me. All right, anything else that should be on our radar this week as far as the waiver wire is concerned or just going into the week in general? I uh, know by weeks this week we're not like a drag compared to last week. Actually, if you think about it, the teams this week, um, are you really starting to hold? There's not a whole lot of Pats, Colts, Falcons, and Saints fantasy players out there. Next week we have none. But if you're, let's say you're a Lamar Jackson owner, maybe this week, next week is when you want to start thinking about picking up that backup quarterback for the uh, week 13 bye. But other than that, it's kind of a ride the wave right now and try to make whatever acquisitions you can make if you're in you know if you're in a playoff hunt and try to bolster up your team as best as you can all right go ahead uh, yes it's the griffin show as, i understand as someone who uh was very high on jameson williams and christian watson what do i do with them uh, for the rest of the season do i have to just keep Ooh. sitting them on the bench and, and hope that one week they they show up or is it just time to move on completely i have a little more hope in watson than jameson williams right now uh, but with that said I mean, the Packers have been maybe probably one of the underperforming teams of the year. I honestly thought way better of Christian Watson going into this year. I know he's still been banged up, but uh, if I'm keeping Watson, and then again, depending on your, you know, how your roster shaped out, uh, Jameson Williams is definitely somebody who I was definitely intrigued by, thinking coming off this suspension. But since then, we have, you know, you got to do the performance on the field. We just haven't seen it yet. All right, at Joe Serp is how you follow him on Twitter. Pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his stuff, including the waiver wire. Uh, Joe Serpico, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely, guys. Enjoy your week. It's Joe Serpico, our Pressbox fantasy football analyst. Hey, if you haven't picked up the uh, print issue of Pressbox yet, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Great cover story from Todd Karpovich about the position players that were held over from the Duquette regime and helped turn things around for the Birds. Also, a lot of college basketball, Brooks Robinson memories, all inside this print issue of PressBox. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Superbook Sports. Sign up right now. Use the code GlennClark23 when you do, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Number has not... Oh, it did just move. Oh, the number has moved the other way. Ravens now three-and-a-half-point favorites mm, against the Bengals. They were four-and-a-half yesterday? They were four. Oh, four. 
Um, his move slightly, three and a half point favorites. Uh, here's your prime time, the prime time number, forty six for Thursday night. You yeah, love prime you know time under. You know what? Because it's gonna be like twenty three twenty or something. You like the prime time under again? Yeah. Ro- if you want to ride with Griffin, the good news is, I'm taking under in picks this week. Yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, the good news is, whether you're right or wrong, you're gonna get up to two hundred fifty dollars worth of free bets when you use that code Glenn Clark twenty three. But if uh, Griffin's theory about uh, prime time unders is correct, if you're uh, taking home double, yeah, yeah, right, double dipping on Thursday night with Ravens Bengals from Super Bowl. At this point, it's not Sports. even a theory. You know, it's just. Do you have the number? It's what just, it would? It's. I think it's like twenty. But I think going into last night, it was twenty four and seven to the under. So wow. it's like twenty five and seven now to the under in prime time games. How about like, that? All right. Like it's 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 ridiculous. What you got for tidbit? Uh, Friday night so, lights. Abraham uh, Lincoln. Um, close, close. Donald Trump. Close. I know. I, the great so I just, cup. So I just start coming up with just right. random world trivia. Uh, week 10 was uh, the week of the walk-off kick, apparently. Of course, we had another one last night. It was the sixth game-winning field goal as time expired uh, in regulation this week. That is the most in a single <laughs> They tried week. to F it up. <laughs> that was The Bills were just like, what if we put 12 guys on the field? Maybe nobody will notice. <laughs> Yikes, man! Um, I feel bad. Like I, Sean McDermott seems like such a likable guy, right? And I can't figure out exactly what's wrong with the Bills. The truth is, like part of it is just Josh Allen's throwing the ball to the other team. He has a. It was one of my potential tidbits. Yeah. Um, but he has a share of both the touchdown lead and interception lead. He has 19 touchdowns, which is tied for the most in the league, and then 11 interceptions. What would we call that the Farve? Um, yeah. I'm not ready to write them off completely. Because you that's can. still Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs we're talking about. And I'm not fully ready to believe that the Broncos are fixed either. Like, I get it. They've beaten the, the Chiefs and Bills in back-to-back weeks. That's about as good a combination of back-to-back wins as a team has had all season long. Like, I, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me who's got better back-to-back wins. Oh, the Broncos play a game between. No, yeah, those are the yeah, back-to-back. The, uh, yeah, they were yeah, the Chiefs yeah. last week and the Bills this week. You're going to be hard-pressed to tell me who's got a better set of back-to-back wins than that this year. But for for a giant stretch in there, their pass game looked dreadful. Like, they looked great at the beginning of the game. And then the pass game looked terrible for a little while, and they just happened to go score at the end of the game. Um, well, as long as Cortland Sutton is... a hell of a catch, man. That was unbelievable. And immediately. Like, immediately when we made it, I was like, because we were still together. At the, I'm like, dude, that was a catch. And everybody was like, what? I'm like, uh... I'm pretty sure that was a catch. And they show the slow mo replay, and I'm like, dude. Oh, I didn't have that. As, I didn't have this as a stat, but it was the two lowest probability catches in like next gen stat era. So yeah. since like 2015 or whatever. Yeah. It's Tyler Lockett from Russell Wilson. Right. In the Everybody remembers that one. Yeah. And then last night, dude, that was. <laughs> I I mean, give Russ credit for keeping the play alive. Mm. Remember that was a fourth down play. Um, kept the play alive long enough when he was in trouble to at least be able to get a throw. I know. I was like, off. oh, he threw it away. Right. And then, damn, dude. Damn, remarkable. It is the second so the score at halftime was fifteen to eight. This is the second time in NFL history that the halftime score has been fifteen to eight. The other time was uh nineteen sixty one. Also Broncos at Bills. Well that wouldn't have involved the two point conversion because they didn't introduce the two point conversion yeah, I wonder how until the nineties. So had to have had a maybe had you had two field goals and a safety. Two field goals yeah, for yeah, the for, for yeah. the eight. Yeah. And the, I mean, the 15 could have been any combination of yeah, field like goals. Yeah, a missed extra point and then... Yeah, 100%. There's a bunch goals. of ways that could have happened. 
Um, yeah, think uh, ESPN stats and info courtesy of yeah, that or one. I guess it could have been a touchdown, a missed extra point, and a safety to get the eight. Like, Ooh. but it wasn't a two point conversion. Let's do uh, so we can put the Browns behind us. Uh, Miles Garrett has reached double digit sacks uh, now. After, I hear after he's Sunday, good. yeah, he I is the it is the um sixth consecutive season of double digit sacks now for Miles Garrett. He joins one, two, three, four, five, six other edge rushers that had six consecutive double digit sack seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to guess the guys that had a lot of sacks. Uh, Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith is, in fact, on the list. Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers is surprisingly not on camera. Okay. All it takes is one season where you were hurt or yeah. something. That, that's all. Uh, Michael Strahan. Strahan, not on there. Kevin Green. Not Kevin Green. Okay, these are the all-time leaders. Reggie White. Reggie White is on there. Terrell Suggs. Suggs, not on here. Got hurt a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Chris Dolman. No, not Chris Dolman. John Randall. John Randall is on the list. Richard Dent. Not Richard Dent. Uh, Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware is on the list. How many are there total? There, you four. have two more. Two more. Uh, so is the seventh player to do this. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is on the list. So those, all those guys that you have named, they are Hall of Famers. This guy is not in the Hall J. of Fame J. Watt. yet. Not, no, not J.J. Watt. Not in yet. Not in yet, you say. But Von Miller seems like he should. No, not Von Miller. Von Miller is. In I think yet. he. I think he had an injury as well. He was like the. Yeah. Because he joins Miles Garrett as I saw the stat. I clicked out of it. But uh, to like six out of seven of your first seasons. Justin Houston. Not Justin Houston. Jason Pierre-Paul. Not Jason Pierre-Paul. It's still like a little bit. Um, like early. I think he retired in the or mid early 2010s. Oh, so he's re- definitely retired. Yes. Yes. I was considering active guys. Um, retired, not in the Hall of Fame yet. Jared Allen? Jared Allen. All right. Jared Allen, correct. So that is the list that Miles Garrett joins. Very good. Very good. All right, Tubular, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. As I mentioned earlier, big announcement tonight, manager of the year. The internet doesn't think Brandon Hyde's going to win, which I think is silly, but I don't know more than the internet. 6 o'clock on MLB Network, we will find out if it's Brandon Hyde or Bruce Bochy. UMBC basketball at home tonight at 6 against Penn State York on ESPN+. Plus. Their buddy Gary Stein on the call. Uh, the Champions Classic, Patrick alluded to it tonight on ESPN. Duke, Michigan State at 7, Kansas, Kentucky at 9.30. I believe they're doing the... Some, it's a really good night of college basketball. It is a pretty good night of college basketball because yeah. the, the, the Gavit game is also mm-hmm. getting underway uh, with Fox. But I believe they're doing the top 25 unveiling between the two games. Uh, I think that's what they always do when they do the Champions Classic. As Griffin mentioned, yes, Gavit games on Fox Sports 1, Wisconsin-Providence at eight, at 6, Marquette-Illinois at 8, Iowa-Creighton at 10. That's uh, that's about it as far as good college basketball is concerned. Uh, college football tonight, some action, baby. ESPN 2, Toledo Bowling Green at 7 o'clock. ESPNU, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois at 7. Capitals take on the Golden Knights at 7 on Monumental. ESPN Plus for Ducks Predators at 8. Panther Sharks at 10.30. TNT's got Spurs Thunder if you want to watch the Wemby Show at 7.30. Clippers Nuggets at 10. Uh, ATP Finals This continuing. is a big one for the Thunder, huh? Since it's Did I have the Thunder? Oh, yeah, yeah, I drew the you, Thunder. Wh- 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 which were your two teams? Um, yeah, the Thunder I had and Thunder the, and somebody else that's not going to win. Cleveland, I think. I've got it. I've got. Well, you have no idea who's going to You keep talking like you know who's going to win the thing. 
You're talking about the probably not. You're the using your your theory for the end of the season on that nobody knows what this is going to be with this in season thing. Yes, you have the uh, no, you don't have the thunder. No, I don't. Who Stan has, has the thunder. Oh, okay. You have the Cavaliers and the Pelicans. Those are your two teams. So yeah, worse. You think that's worse than the Thunder? Yeah, because the Thunder are still excited. They have Chet Holmgren. You know, they do have Chet Holmgren. Something to watch. All right, uh, what do you got non-sports Um, What do we have? Well, it is the season two finale of Welcome to Wrexham Ah. tonight. Uh, I love Uh, it. Okay, I'll I'll miss it. Um, uh, Also on Hulu, uh, a Murder at the End of the World series premiere. So this is like a murder series, kind of not like a whodunit, but it also looks like really kind of horror-esque. That's on Hulu, a murder murder at the end of the world. Um, On Paramount Plus is the JFK doc, What the Doctors Saw documentary, and it it seemed like all the they're really pushing it hard for some reason. Okay. Um, because like I like Hulu had commercials for this, which is only on Paramount, and this thing is only on Paramount Plus. Okay. So it makes it makes it seem like there's gonna be like some new information, I guess, about like a conspiracy or something, like you know, uh, entrance wounds and exit wounds is what they were talking about in the trailer. Um, so that's on Paramount Plus about JFK, um, the Netflix Cup. As well, um, where uh, the the F one drivers and then uh, no um, are are playing no. golf with no, not a chance in hell. It's live at six on Netflix. Sure it is. God <laughs> how to also on Netflix how to become a mob boss, okay. uh, narrated by Peter Dinklage. We are really going past highlights. We are into. What do you mean? Well, this is this is like this is a busy. This is one of the busiest Tuesdays uh, we've had. I think since since the since all these uh, the strikes. Uh, Jeff Probst uh, is going to be on Fallon. Uh, and Ed Helms will be on Seth Meyers. He's got a Christmas movie coming up. Okay, I called, called it's free. It's a Freaky Friday. Uh, I do. I think. I think I saw something uh, about Christmas that. movie. I'll it's watch weird. that yeah. with I, Jennifer Garner. Make fun of me all, all you want. I'll watch it with Jennifer Garner. What's the so. What's the other? The isn't there like an Eddie Murphy Christmas movie this year or something like that? Um, is there? Oh, Eve Houston also will on Seth Meyers. Okay. Uh, I don't. Oh, She's are Bono's you thinking daughter. of the? Are, you're not. Are you're not thinking of the Ludicrous movie? Is that what it is? The the jingle? No, it's a uh, dashing through the snow. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't think, think it comes that's out what Friday. It, it comes, thought, out, it comes thought, out this week. I thought on, there was a Christmas Disney. movie that looked like a real movie that was coming out. Disney Plus, yeah, maybe. All right, it's dashing All right. through the snow. All right, if you say so. It's I'm got ludicrous, and uh, and then Lil Rel Howery is Santa Claus. I'm in. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I'm in. Uh, what day is that coming out? That's oh, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Sorry, Thursday. My favorite internet Friday. My favorite tweet sure. recently has been, um, me stands up. My dog, and then it's a picture of son, son of a of bitch, bitch. I'm in. <laughs> like that's a great tweet, man. That is a great tweet. All right, very good. Thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Chuck Pagano. Thanks to Wes Brown, County Sports Zone Radio, and to Joe Serpico. We'll get it all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com tomorrow. Uh, well, Drew will be here, oh. and then uh, Rocky Boyman will join us as well. Okay. Stuff. Like that. Oh boy. All right. That's work to do. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms. i got to update this. Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Guilford Hall Brewery, Mother's North Grill, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Brandon Hyde. Go UMBC Hoops. Duke sucks.